Hey everyone, welcome to Game Face, episode 270 on Sifted Games at sifted.net. I'm Shane Satterfield, your humble host for the next couple hours of intense gaming discussion with my best bro, Matt Kyle. What's going on, Matt? Not much, but more games again. Yeah. Got to get used to that. We have another great episode today full of games that we've been playing. Lots of good stuff coming out right now. Um, a couple notes before we get going. Um, in, fast, in fact, the first thing I want to mention is... We realize that today there is a Twitch boycott going on um, to basically protest hate raids, which Mm -hmm. have been going on on the platform. Um, We would have liked to participate in that. And I'll admit I do feel a little guilty that we are not participating. We're doing a stream on Twitch today. Um, Unfortunately, I'm leaving for vacation early in the morning on Friday. Um, and this was the only day that we could do the show. I don't even know if actually it's working. Like there may, there's probably still thousands of people streaming on mm-hmm. Twitch. I'm guessing, um, but we would have liked to have participated in that. But it just normally we would have automatically. Yeah, normally it would have <laughs> just worked out because the show's normally on Tuesdays. Um, but because I had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and then I'm leaving um, on Friday, we had to get the show in today on Wednesday. So hopefully, people who are concerned about that kind of stuff will forgive us for streaming today. I do feel a little bad about it. Um, and then, Matt, some news broke in between me preparing for the show and coming here. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncharted, the Uncharted collection is coming yeah, to PC. The whole that. thing. All five games mm-hmm. um, coming to PC on December 7th. Um, a date which will live in infamy. <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, That's a Pearl Harbor joke. <laughs> so, so you know, kids. For you youngins out there. <laughs> Um, I'm to the point now where pretty much any PlayStation game coming to PC really isn't a surprise or a shock. No, I mean, it sounds like sounds like a lot of the back catalog is going to end up there eventually. And, and Like all of it, it seems yeah, like. Yeah, and, and meanwhile, the Bloodborne fans grasp the arms of their chairs a little harder. Like you know, It's next. You'd or think. Close it, to it's got to be in there. It's coming, for sure. Like, if you're going to do this, it's got to be pretty close to, to next, unless you're doing Last of Us. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. It sold well, Bloodborne. It didn't sell gangbusters. No, but neither did Days Gone. Right. So Yeah. It didn't the last Uncharted even sell like crazy numbers. I can't remember. I don't remember what Uncharted Four did. Yeah, I don't remember it either. Um but certainly the sales for the first un- four Uncharted yeah. games and the big piece of DLC that came after. Yeah. And they're, they're kinda they're done. Good. Like, yeah, and they're kinda done sales. with it. Like yeah. you know, the the games have sold what they're gonna sell on consoles. So. Yeah, it's all bonus now. Yeah. Um so that's a pretty big story, though. Yeah, um, like that is definitely the most high-profile thing Sony has put on PC at this point. And all four and a half, I'll yeah, say. Yeah, fla- you know, Uncharted is a flagship, maybe not anymore, but it was a flagship PlayStation franchise. It was, you know, Nathan Drake was as close to the face of the brand as you could get, mm-hmm. you know, at a certain point. Yep. So that's a that's a big deal, I would say. Yeah, I think it's a huge deal, particularly for PC gamers who never thought that they would get a chance to yeah. play these games. Um and Can't wait start- to see what they replace Drake with with the mods. Like, right? You know, they're gonna mess with them. <laughs> you think relentless- they're gonna let them do that? Well, it's not a let them. It's there, a, there's no stopping. You it, can I guess. you can do whatever the hell you want in in once you're modding PC games. Like knowing it's gonna Naughty- be a lot of interesting stuff. Knowing Naughty Dog, I guarantee that's driving them crazy. <laughs> I'm surprised that they hmm. would allow it, but that's just kind of the way PlayStation's going right yeah. now. Just At a certain to- point, I'm sure it's not their call. You know, they are owned by Sony. So. Yeah. I have a feeling they might have fought tooth and nail for some of that stuff. Because you're right, like you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Although I mean, they you know they did Donut Drake. They did you know they mess with it. It's not like they think it's a sacred cow. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But they're in control. Also, of that. like who you know, 
Druckmann probably doesn't give a shit what happens to those games. Like you, you don't know, think? I mean, I'm sure he cares, but it's like they're not his babies. They're not his games mm-hmm. the way Last of Us are and Uncharted Four is. Yeah, yeah. There are other people like Amy Hennig. Yeah, who he there. he worked on. Them. He's obviously involved in them, but like, you know, they're not his. You know, his creations the way like the games he directed are. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that's the big news that broke uh, right before we went live on Twitch. Wanted to get that guys out to you. And also wanted to apologize for streaming today, which is weird, but I do feel bad about it. So, yeah. um, we got. But you gotta you gotta deliver for the patrons. We do, we do, and so sometimes you gotta sacrifice some stuff to make sure you're getting stuff out to the paying customers. Um, and so, I guess one note before we get going with the show proper: I am leaving. I am going on vacation. I leave very early Friday morning. I return on the 13th, so I'll be gone for 10 days. Um, I get back on a Monday, so we're definitely missing Game Face next week. If you guys all tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, don't do that next week. We're not going to be here. Uh, The show is taking the week off. Matt, you're getting the week off. Mm -hmm. Enjoy yourself. (laughs) Um, And then when I come back the following week, I have a feeling the show might end up being on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Uh, Because I get into LAX at like 7 p.m. Is that the 15th? The 13th. Okay, so but that Wednesday would be the 15th? The Wednesday would be the 15th. I cannot do the 15th. You can't do the 15th. Stay tuned, people. (laughs) Figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But uh, And I'll message all that stuff on Twitter. Make sure you're following Sifted there, at Sifted Games. And I've said this the last couple weeks, but some people don't watch every episode of Game Face. If you've been following me personally on Twitter, at Dinfire, to get like updates on what's happening with Sifted or with Game Face or whatever, you need to go follow Sifted Games because I've kind of stopped retweeting all that stuff from the Sifted account. Um, I think people probably were fed up with it at this point. I've been doing it for five years, uh, retweeting everything from Sifted. Uh, so anyway, if you're trying to figure out what's going on with our show in a couple weeks, uh, just make sure you follow uh, Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games. And with that, I believe it's time to get on with the show proper. We're going to talk first about a game that I wish we could have talked about in the last episode because we are coming in a little late on this one, Matt. Mm-hmm. But Sometimes the timing just doesn't work. Right, but... One thing I will say is good things come to those who wait. We're going to talk about Psychonauts 2, um, Double Fines, 3D platformer. It's been in development for, what, six years now? Something Does that like sound that. about right? A lot. It is. It was the, it was the launching Fig game, wasn't it? Or it was one, one of the, the first, ones? yeah. It's hard to believe Fig is that old at this point. Yeah. Really? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy to think about. Um, it is a sequel to a game that is, what, now 16 years old? The first like, yeah, 2005? That sounds right. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy, too. <laughs> yeah. I remember, because Psychonauts, I kind of associate with that, like, weird, it's sort of a weird trio of it and Blood Rain and uh, Advent Rising, like, all that Majesco shit that came out around the same time. Because it was, like, around the same time as, as that stuff, I remember. Mm-hmm. I mean, or at least maybe they were in the same booth or something at some point. Did Majesco, pu- no, Majesco didn't publish the first one, did it? I can't remember. I, th- I remember. I feel like I remember seeing that and Advent Rising near each other at at shows somehow. I seem to remember that, like maybe Majesco was supposed to publish. it. I think that's what ha- I think because Majesco. They... I think Majesco crashed and burned so hard off the Advent Rising thing that I think Psychonauts got picked up by somebody by someone else. else. That's what I thought. But too. Majesco is listed here on Wikipedia. Okay. T- so is THQ. Hmm. So interesting. So maybe THQ um, came in and co-published when Majesco... Initially published by My- Majesco Entertainment for Microsoft Windows. Um, yeah, so Majesco did publish it. 
Interesting. So, yep. I mean, obviously they don't have it now. Uh, yep. Microsoft has it. But, uh, <laughs> well, since then, Double Fine's been purchased by Xbox, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And so, but the thing is, this game is not an Xbox exclusive. It is available for uh, PC and PS4 in addition to Xbox platforms. Will probably be the last Double Fine game that you'll ever get on and PlayStation. Yeah, Would yeah. It was uh, Advent Rising, Blood Rain Two, and and Psychonauts were the three they were showing that that year at E3. Okay, that's, gotcha. That's what I'm thinking of. And then Advent. There's a really on uh, Matt McMuscles like what happened channel. Like there's a, he did a really good uh, Advent Rising uh, video like a week or two ago. Um, I highly recommend checking that out if you don't know the Advent Rising story because oh boy, it's a dirty one. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> talk about putting all your eggs in one basket. Oh and yeah, the, and the basket getting knocked over. <laughs> and like it's, at one point they they made a point. It's like, it's like it's sort of like a weird bad prototype Mass Effect idea. And it's like it is. It is. It was like Mass Effect before. They just couldn't quite get there. You, know, you couldn't quite do it. The execution just wasn't remember, there. I hadn't thought of that game in so many years, and I remember reading that game in former article and thinking it sounded like the greatest thing ever. And it was just like, it was a it was a strong lesson in how even at that age I could fall for some well-written magazine hype. <laughs> uh, well, if you haven't figured it out yet by watching the B-roll, or if you just don't know, Psychonauts 2 is a 3D platformer. Um, the second big-time 3D platformer we've got this year, there is a yeah. bit of a revival for I this I mean, I would say third. On. Uh, with uh, it takes two. Yeah, you're right. It is, and that also was a really good game. Like I think that's a game of the year contender <laughs> still. Is. Like, and we'll figure out if this one is before we get to the end of this discussion. Um, but that one certainly, it takes two is a game of the year contender. Mm-hmm. Ratchet and Ratchet Clank: Rift Apart. That's two 3D platformers yeah. in the hot list for game of the year, which hasn't happened since the '90s. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Like pretty, or like at least not since like this was the f- the first one of these came out. Like yeah. it, you know, that was the last time you had really a, a a strong showing of 3D platformers back in the heyday of the PS2 stuff. It's crazy. Um, back when you had Sly and Ratchet and and Jack in their hey in their kind of prime. Who would have thunk it? 2021 be the year of the three yeah and so much of it's just like a weird convergence of this is when all these things happen to end up coming out because of the pandemic delaying certain there's all kinds of things that had to line up perfectly to make this happen Um, and i'm a fan of the genre so i'm not complaining at all Um, i'm very excited that there have been three excellent releases in the genre this year Um, and maybe i did tip my hand a little bit about my thoughts on Hmm. psychonauts 2 because i have really been enjoying this game um it is not without faults but it is one of the most creative games I have played in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Like one of the concerns that I think I and I think a lot of people had about a sequel to Psychonauts was can you capture the lightning in the bottle again? Because that first game also was super creative and very funny and just had this tone that almost nothing has nailed before or since. Like it was and it, it had that real feeling of like only Double Fine could make this game. Yep. Only these people could make this. And there's sort of that feeling of like, you know, sometimes things like that are a product not just of who made them and but also when they were made, who was mm-hmm. at the company at the time, like yep. what that team looked like, you know. What was happening in the industry what at happened that at the, time. You, know, it, you never know. The what, influences. All and I was a lot of, of concern for at least certainly on my part. It's like, will this be live up to that first one? Because that first one also with, with it has its flaws, but I also think it's one of the best games of its era. And uh, certainly I am entertained by it every time I play it. Um, I quote it still. Yeah. As, to this day, like there's a bunch of great lines in yeah. there. He's immune to bullets and to love. Um, I use that one a lot. But uh, I remember seeing this, uh, you know, this actual section. You know, this was the demo at E3 in 2019 over two years ago. Yeah. Uh, when I, I saw this and I was like, oh, no, I feel better. I, I was like, I, you know, from watching this early, 
uh, slightly horrifying dental nightmare <laughs> section. I was like, I love oh, these guys though. Yeah. The flying teeth. I was like, oh, they got it. Like they they still got it. They the, figured they, they're te- there. You can't hear it because we don't include audio in our mm-hmm. B roll. But those two teeth sound like they're from Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> We gotta get the gold. Oh, Frankie got me. I got me. Yeah, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Like it just, you know, tone is a big deal. We will talk about tone with another game later in the show. Um, But like they nailed it. Um, I'm not sure. uh, Maybe just Tim Schafer knows exactly what this series needs to be uh, at any given time. But uh, or someone else working there knows. Yeah, I don't know the uh, the makeup of the uh, Double Fine team. But uh, and also, you know. They're very, Double Fine's very good at tone and sort of striking like what balance that needs to be. They did that with um, uh, Broken Age as well. Yep. Uh, so like it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but like like you said, Psychonauts is so creative and it's just it's just you know the first game has these constant moments of just like where you're like oh that's so clever like mm-hmm. that's really smart like what you did there and it's like for a dumb one off pun but it's just like you know and and this game does the same thing like there's it tons does, of stuff yeah. in in this game it's like that. the same with um. Uh, when you when you go through the the Psychonauts headquarters, you are only allowed into places if you have a brain scan and that, that lets you in, and you're yep. authorized to be there. And the brain scan is called a thinker print. Yeah. And I'm like, how has no <laughs> one thought of that before? It's like, like, yep. and I looked up, like, has someone else used that in something? As far as I can tell, no. It's like, no, like, like, how was that first coined for this game? Like, yeah. It's 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 that kind of stuff where it's just like you can see that people put all this thought and all this love and all this like real time and effort into making this something special and something that all fits together properly. Well, just like how all the enemies are named after like mental maladies, Mm -hmm. like regret, like one of the enemies is called regret. Um, There's like emotional baggage that you have to find and you have to find the keys to unlock the bags and it gives you stuff. Um, I have said several times. Half a brain. Right. So you get so you get more life as you find half a brain. You have half a mind. You have a half, half. And you find the other half of the mind and it gives you another <laughs> life point. Eventually in the game, you fight a panic attack. Yeah. A couple times. You fight panic attacks. You have to fight bad ideas. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's pretty Yeah, great. and that stuff was in the first game. Like some of that was, was in the first yeah. game, but it's like it's just the fact that they found a way to expand it and still make it feel like something new in play is, is really great. Yeah, a lot of times I've said in the past that with some Nintendo games there will be more creativity in one level than there mm-hmm. will be in, in the entirety of other games. This game is like that. Yeah. Um, it just, just like around every corner, there's something unique and different that you haven't experienced in a game in a really long time, if ever. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about this game, the, the pacing in this game, it's not quite as good as Ratchet and Clank, uh, but it's really good. Mm-hmm. You never, I never found myself being like, oh, I'm stuck in this level. Well, I wouldn't say never. There is one part of the game that I did find pretty annoying pretty much at the end of the game. That's a tradition at this point for second. I, I guess. Like, and just the for me- the record. The meat circus is, is infamous in the first game for being like near the end, just like one of the most annoying uh, sections of the game. And I haven't gotten to the part you're talking about in this yet, but I guess uh, that continues. It does continue, um, but otherwise, everything, it's like you never know what's coming next. Yeah. Like, this opening section is all, like, takes place inside someone's mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's garish at times and a little gross at times. Um, yeah, but, if you have a thing about teeth, yeah. good luck. <laughs> Playing like, this one. To yeah. the point that, you know, obviously you can't actually experience it yourself, but, like, the characters are pointing out, like, how much, what it smells like at yeah. point. And you're just like, yeah, that would smell pretty bad when you <laughs> yeah. think about it. But this isn't one of those games where you go to a world and you have like 20 tasks to accomplish and 20 or 10 stars to collect or whatever. This game keeps moving. 
It's like you generally go to an area, you have one or two tasks to accomplish, and then you go to the next mm-hmm. area, and it's something completely different. Yeah, and I found myself, you know, I'm, a, I'm someone who, like, when I'm playing these games, I tend to try to do everything in an area before I move on. You can't. You can't really do that. Like, they push you through, you know, the idea, if you want everything, you want 100% completion, you are going to have to come back. That was confusing to again. me at first, because I was like, what? What are these things here that I can't interact with? Mm-hmm. And I just kind of stood there trying everything on them. And then, like, two hours later, I got the ability that interacted with those things, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh. Yeah. And there's a lot of that. Like, the very first sections of the game, like, actually what I'm talking about, you're seeing right now. They're those little white little dots. white dots. Yeah. See them? That's the first time you run into that. Yeah. Kind of and so... And you don't get that ability until the next story area. Yeah. So. And there's a lot of stuff like that. So there's reason to go back and, like, backtrack. Although, would I ever do it? No. Hmm. <laughs> Um, be- oh, someone's calling me. Oh, it's my best friend, Mr. Likely. Scam Likely. Mm. <laughs> yes. He uh, calls me every day at least once. He doesn't once. call me. I get calls from my friend Spam Risk. Yeah. <laughs> there's a real, Mr. Uh, Risk. There's a real boom in the name Spam circa 1985, <laughs> I think. A lot of babies were named that around that time. Um, so this game is just brimming with creativity. It, it'll keep keep you on your toes it'll catch you off guard a lot of times um the balance of platforming to combat i would i would say it's pretty good yeah there's, there's a lot more platforming than combat i would say yeah the combat uh, which is good because the platforming is better than the combat it is the combat isn't bad it's also not good mm-hmm. it's just it's more serviceable yeah than anything else and early on, you're right, the platforming is way heavier, heavier than the platforming. As you go on, it does change a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, the last act of the game is pretty combat-heavy. Um, and then, like, that area that I was talking about that's a little annoying kind of mixes them all together mm-hmm. into one thing. Um, the combat itself is pretty simple. You have, like, a melee attack. Um, and within that melee attack, you can do, like, a butt stomp for... You know, that's what most people call it in 3D mm-hmm. platforms when you jump up and slam down. And then you have, like, a psychic attack, which is basically your gun. Um, and then you have a ball that you can roll around on. And then as you go through the game, you can upgrade that so that you can do attacks with that as well. Um, but overall, the combat engine's pretty simple. There's a dodge, but there's no, like, counters, so to speak. If you do time it right, it seems like there is a little bit of a slowdown thing, but I've never seen, like kind of a canned animation after you do that that mm-hmm. allows you to, like, launch a perfect parry attack or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and what you're seeing right now is the main hub of the world. It takes a little while to get there. Um, but but also, this hub isn't like, hey, here's this room with all these doors on it that are portals out to these mm-hmm. other worlds. It doesn't really work that way. Um, you kind of get into the new worlds organically. There's a big section of the game that's, like, right outside of this hub that's, like, a big, like, campground area that you end up having to explore through. Um, and then a lot of the ways you get to levels there, you can see that that kind of pad in the center there. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use that to access some of the levels. And in here, you got to remember that um, you're a Psychonaut. So this is a Psychonaut's headquarters. And when you get there, you would think because of the first game, um, you would just become a Psychonaut. And that's what Raz thinks is going to happen. He's yeah. like, you know, I'm approved. I'm good to go. When he gets there, it doesn't work out that way. He actually is an intern with hmm. the Psychonauts. And the people that you're seeing right now are his fellow interns. And they, like, play pranks on him, and they're really mean to him. Um, and that's part of the charm of the game, too. There is this kind mm-hmm. of a coming-of-age vibe underneath the surface of this game. 
Um, even though I think maybe the first game kind of had that too a little bit. Yeah, it was definitely a, uh, or at least proving yourself kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And there is sort of a feeling of like, oh, you pr- I, I do give them credit for like you keep all the powers you had in the first game. Mm-hmm. Like you, you are you are a fully leveled Raz from the first yep. game. Like they don't they don't take all your stuff away Metroid style or anything. You, all everything you you upgrade with is new in this game. Yep, which I like. And you do get like this fire attack that you can use, and mm-hmm. most and you can use it to attack enemies. You can also use it to burn posters down off the wall, which reveals um, openings mm-hmm. to. And you get the the clairvoyance thing where you see things from other. I had forgotten about this in, uh-huh. the, in the first game, where like you, you see through other creatures or other people's eyes, and it always shows you like what you look like to, to them the, to the rat, and yeah, it's you're very like, funny. It's yeah, like, that's what you look yeah. like to the rat. <laughs> you look like a cat in a rat costume, <laughs> and there's like people that just see you as like scenery because yeah. they don't care about you at yeah, all because like, they just like, completely it, ignore you. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's very, the, the whole game is just very very yeah. creative. Um, the platforming is good. Uh, I had issues. It took me a little while to get the hang of it because in most 3D platformers, you have that shadow that, like, mm-hmm. you can always use to, like, spot your landings. So you wait for the shadow to get on the platform, and that's when you know it's okay to land. In this game, the shadow... Yeah, there's not only always a sun where yeah, you are. In yeah, the... and so there's not always a shadow. And for me, it, it, could, it was hard at times to judge distance on jumps. Yeah, I, I had some tr- a couple trouble, some trouble with that. The thing I had trouble judging distance on the most was the pyrom- pyrokinesis thing. The fire, me too. Like I have hard, a hard t- I, you're supposed to be able to see when the, the bubble kind of intersects what you're in, and it'll highlight the thing in yellow. Mm-hmm. It always felt like it was a little shorter range than I, w- I thought it should be. Yeah. That's like my only main complaint, which is a pretty minor complaint when you get down to it. Eventually, though, you have to become good with that in combat. Yeah. Because it's devastating as, as it gets powered up. And all that stuff does get powered up, by the way. Mm-hmm. You You can choose, pick and choose which stuff you level up. Yeah, I also had a, actually had a little problem with that because like you, as you level up your your rank, you get like intern points or whatever yep. you can use to upgrade. I had a lot of trouble picking like upgrades at first because none of them sounded particularly good. Yeah, like, they're really not. Even at, when I got towards the end of the game, I was pretty disappointed in the overall kind of upgrading system mm-hmm. um, because you're right. There's it doesn't like profoundly change what any of them do. Yeah, so, to the point that I would, you know, I'd look down the tree and kind of see, I'm like, but even like the stuff, the high level stuff didn't feel like particularly exciting. Like, I, because mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes I'll, you know, I'll just get upgrades I don't care about to work towards an upgrade that I really want. And I couldn't really find any of those either. Yeah, um, yeah like the stuff for the ball is pretty worthwhile because it literally changes like the functionality of it mm-hmm. altogether and gives you like new attacks and stuff with the ball, um, depending on how often you use that. I use the ball constantly because it makes you. It helps you traverse more quickly, mm-hmm. and you can jump while you're on it. So it's also functional. You don't have to constantly keep getting off the ball if you want a platform, although it's more accurate if you do, and you'll do better platforming if you're on foot versus rolling around on the ball. Right. Um, the but ball is a little haphazard. But. Yeah, but it's fun, and yeah. it's fast, and you get really used to like going from ball to on foot, um, and it just becomes kind of a technique that you master, and you end up using throughout the entirety of the game, honestly. Um what else is there? The upgrade stuff is pretty deep, actually. Like, there's five levels for everything. and But for, like, the the fire stuff, it just makes the ball of fire bigger. It doesn't, like, actually change how the fire works. Now, the stuff for melee does, um, it ends up giving you, like, these extra kind of attacks onto your combos. And some of those I found to become actually kind of annoying over time. Hmm. Like, I would get used to the melee with what I had, I would upgrade it, and then suddenly my timing or whatever whatever was off. Um, but what I really like about this game is it just never really settles into a groove or a lull. 
It's just always something new coming at you. Um, and there aren't enough games like that anymore. In fact, I don't think there are hardly any games like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Everything is just kind of samey. And I don't know if that's, that, that's what players want, um, but I think this will be eye-opening for a lot of folks whenever yeah, they I play I think there's an this. element of, like, if you're going to make a thing with a giant hundreds, uh, hundreds of persons team in a corporate environment, it's easy to have, easier to just build a template yeah. and follow that. Yeah. Clearly, that is not what Double Fine does. Yeah. Double Fine... Double Fine almost it, like it's you know you can't obviously you can't build a game this way but it almost feels when you play this that like they're just improvising as they go yeah and obviously you're not because everything in this game is very well done and very you know clearly this took years and years and years in planning and you all can kinds tell of but like it does a really good job of feeling like it's just spontaneously happening like, yeah it's it, and that's an, an unusual thing. Like it's it's you don't get that much, especially these days. Yeah, I've had a lot of fun with this game. The I think the big problem for me is that the fun doesn't last very long. Um, I finished this. I'm guessing in around ten or eleven hours, something like that. And I didn't hundred percent it, but I did pretty well. Like you saw earlier in the B-roll, there are these like wireframe things that you pick up, mm-hmm. and those will eventually the like yeah, and they will eventually like level up Raz in some ways. So it's worthwhile to get them, but like at the end of the game, I had collected like a good portion of those. So I've seen, I think probably ninety five percent of the game. There's not really a lot of areas that you would miss unless you there's a big poster that you don't burn and you don't kind of go behind the mm-hmm. poster into a little cubby or whatever. It's I pretty, definitely missed a couple of emotional baggages. Yeah, because you have to find and the, the hat tag for because it has the, to be the, 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 luggage, specific the luggage tag, tag first, for yeah. the bag. Yeah, and so I, I missed a lot of those too, um, and that's probably the bulk of the stuff that I missed. Um, but the story's pretty good because because what happens basically is you're the intern, and as it turns out, like there's a mole in the psychonauts. Mm. And there's one guy who everyone suspects is the mole, and they take him away and they torture him the whole game while you kind of go out into the world and try to figure out exactly who it is. Um, and so a lot of the characters from the old games return. Some of them, it takes a little while before they show up, but it's welcome to see all those characters again. Um, the script is good. Mm-hmm. The voice so My question, because I haven't gotten, you know, I don't know, I'm probably not even halfway yet, I wouldn't think, but mm-hmm. like. Uh, is there anything in there as good as the milkman level mm. in the first game? I don't. The the, the think you, so. you know what I'm talking about the, exactly the Men in Black level. About. No, I don't think so. That is one of my favorite levels in the history like of the ever. medium. Yeah, yeah. yeah I uh, there's some stuff that comes pretty close though. I am a construction worker. My yeah. sign helps me to work on the road. <laughs> yeah. like, it's just, like just so good. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Well, actually, one of the parts I was talking about was right there. Um, there are some parts that are. Yeah, that are mm-hmm. on that level, but not quite as good. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel about the visuals? I like them. I mean, uh, like, I know that some people are not going to jive with the style, like the art style. I go back and forth at times because, like, sometimes I'm just like, God, this all looks so weird. But then, like, sometimes it all just sort of works. Yeah. There's moments. It was interesting. I never thought of, thought this about it, about Double Fine stuff when I was playing like the first Psychonauts or like Broken Age mm-hmm. but there are moments especially in group shots in this game where I'm like this is the Muppets yeah a little bit like I can in, par- see that. in part because like you can kind of see the texture on their skin more now and yep. like they feel like more 3D objects and there's a couple moments where I'm like they, they look like Muppets they look like puppets and like I do like that they do a really good job of um, 
like the individual details, the, the clothing, the little object. Like you, you, there's a there's a quality of texture to them where like you can tell what they'd feel like. Yeah. Like you can tell what what like that one in the gothy intern girl, like what her 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 hat would feel like the, yeah. the, the knit of her hat you can feel you know what that would feel like or yeah. like his his uh helmet like you can you know what that you would feel the like leather. the leather on it and yeah. stuff or his it, coat or like the even the teeth stuck in the in the wall like you're like oh you know yeah, you know what that would feel like to touch that thing like they, they do a, a really there's a really good tactile uh element to the the way the game looks yeah, and i understand that some people are not going to be okay with that like it's it's an offset off-putting visual style in some ways yeah i mean it's it's still not quote unquote next gen um, no a lot of the stuff it's is, not it's not next gen version is it i mean i'm playing it on series x same but, but like it didn't prompt me to install it no, internally uh, or anything no i don't think it has the xs logo right on it or anything. yeah um and it doesn't look next gen either um, no but it, it looks, looks good, good. Yeah, yeah it looks good it doesn't look spider-man yeah you know it's not uh it's not ratchet and clank good but and it does do it does have some portal stuff yeah, like it does do some some pretty interesting stuff in that regard without using the next gen hard high, hard drive. Pretty thing. interesting, yeah. yeah. Um, you can act, you can actually outpace that if you if you mess with it enough. Oh, like really? You, like you jump back and forth enough, you can kind of like end up getting somewhere before the floor loads in or whatever. I didn't know that. But, I wasn't aware uh, of that. You're not in normal gameplay. You're not gonna you're not gonna manage to do that. One thing that confuses me about the art style is and i'm not a huge fan of the art style like with the weird shaped heads and mm-hmm. like the crotch that's like a foot wide right that's on i mean character. i i and this the game does a pretty good job of of not getting close enough to it to not make me think about it but there are moments where i'm just like what is this world like i know like there's like a, why are there crotches like a, literally a foot wide yeah i mean their just, legs are like spindles I mean, that's just art style for the most part. Everyone's a little weirdly shaped. Like how in the like is Ra- are Raz and the scientist guy and the military guy all the same species of right. animal like person? Like are right. they all you know? There's, there's but they're just you know it's just it's just animation stuff. You know that's I don't know, that's what I chalk it up to. Like yeah, I, I, I try not to think about it too much. Um, my my big issue with the art style is it doesn't stay consistent. So. Some of the characters in the game have noses that are modeled, like a normal mm-hmm. nose. And then some other ones have these noses that look like they're, like, glued onto their face. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean about the Muppet thing. Those yeah, are the but char- why wouldn't they all be the same? Like, I don't know. The Muppets aren't. That's true. Yeah, I guess that's a good point, but... It's just a little odd to me. Well, it is an odd game. So yeah. that's a good I mean, there's, they are trying to do... You know, there's, there's a dreamlike quality to a lot of that. A lot of what Double Fine does in general. Like, yeah. Broken Age has that, too. Yeah. Um, hell, even uh, Brutal Legend has that to some degree. Yeah. Um, like, there's... You know, they, they... You know, everything Tim Schafer makes definitely shies away from realism um, in terms of sort of, like, a grounding sense. But, like, I like that, like, they went weirdly realistic with the teeth in this shot. <laughs> yeah. in this scene. Like, that... Z- the zipper teeth thing is disturbingly realistic in yeah. some ways. Um, it's an odd mix, and I don't know if it, part of it is because it's taken so long to develop it, and you've had all these different people working on it. I am surprised at how short the game is, considering how mm. long it was worked on. Um, I mean, it doesn't super surprise me in the sense that like it's so like every section of it is so polished and so chosen. Mm-hmm. Like it's you know it, it makes like sense a curated to me. Game really, yeah. It makes sense to me that it would take a long time to make this. Yeah, um, it's not a very long game, but at the same time, like. 10 to 12 hours is about as long as I want a game like this to be. Yeah, I will say this. It kind of, it does kind of 
finish right around when it should. Mm-hmm. Although, I don't know. Some of these worlds are so inventive and some of their ideas are so ingenious that you know, maybe I would like to see yeah, some more. You kind more. of do want more. I get, you know, leave you wanting more though is sort of a, a standard entertainment uh It is. trope. So I mean, would I want to play a Psychonauts 3, of course? Yeah, Absolutely. I would. I wonder if they'll make another one, though. because it's I, I like, think this one's going to do pretty well. Here's Well, this game, it helps because it actually goes on sale for yeah. some platforms. It You know, a lot of the other Xbox yeah. stuff isn't. So how Although do you the, even know? I don't know. Well, also, there is no physical version. There's no physical there's version no retail on PlayStation? Version for, no, there's no retail wow, version. Wow, I didn't know that. I think the only, the only physical copies are for VIG backers, as far as no, I know. Oh, Wow. I didn't know that. I think that's true. I think that I, yeah. I think I said I think I saw Heather Alexander say that on uh, on uh, Twitter, and she's the the um, PR like, like community manager. For yeah, them. I mean they'll still be able to gauge sales even if they're just digital to figure out if people because look, Pete, how do you even figure out if you should make sequels for Xbox exclusives? I mean you're going to look at engagement or whatever and say X number of people played it uh, that are Game Pass subscribers, but most people on Game Pass are going to play every free big game, at least for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just interesting to wonder how publishers are going to look at these metrics now um, and try to figure out whether um, it's worth making a sequel for a game. At least Psychonauts 2 does have that PlayStation version out there, um, and I hope it does way better than the last one because the last one, the reason it took 16 years to get another one is because the first one tanked. Yeah, but part of that was also because it was published by Majesco and right. nobody knew it existed. Didn't have marketing. Yeah. And now this- they're owned by Microsoft. They're you know this is they're you know they're a, they're a for- they're not a force in the industry necessarily, but they are, you know, we all know what this is. We you know it's I think it's and it's on Game Pass. Like it's gonna I think I think it'll be all right. I would like to see another one. Yeah. Um, and at the same I'll time... Just, I'd just like to see more Double Fine stuff. Yeah. You know, I, my, my dream Double Fine thing was I'd like a brutal a version of like a Brutal Legend sequel that is actually what Brutal Legend should have been, mm-hmm. which is an open world sort of ad, ad, action adventure game that was not a secret real-time strategy thing. Like which that, was bizarre. Very bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, I was not ready for that. Like I don't it, think anybody was. No. That's one of those games where... But I would like to play a Brutal Legend that is basically God of War. Yeah. You know, the the new God of War style, but as Brutal Legend. Well, Brutal Legend was one of those games that it would never happen today. No. Because, like, they didn't show us what it really was Mm -hmm. until, like, they sent us review code. Yeah. And we're like, wait a minute, it's like an RTS? Yeah. I remember, I think I remember Adam coming out of the game lab, like, after playing, and, and, like, with this really weird look on his face, and it's like, he's like, it's a strategy game. Yeah. I'm like, what? what?" (laughs) Yeah. Like, he's like, it's like the game you think it is for, like, an hour, and, and then, then it's a strategy game. Yeah. I was like, okay. It even had like, kind of Pikmin elements to it. It did. Yeah. It did, yeah. <laughs> Very weird. Um, but that's what they do. Um, and look, it may have taken that long for them to cobble together enough ideas to make a game like this. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm sh- I, I'm I mean, sure, it is that creative. I'm sure five times the amount of content that's in this game was thrown out in the process of brainstorming it and pre-producing it. I mean, you know... It really feels like this is the product of only taking the best, the best ideas yeah. and refining everything uh, for as long as it needs to be refined to be of, of this quality level. And I would say, too, like the part at the end that annoyed me and I thought is a, and I feel like is a ding on the game. I think there are probably other people that will say it's brilliant mm-hmm. and that it's their favorite part of the game. So even stuff in this that I didn't like, I can see that there will be some people who will love it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, and that's the sign of a great game. I mean, there's people on Twitter <laughs> saying Andrew Garfield was a good Spider-Man. Anything's possible. <laughs> so. You know what they say about opinions. <laughs> Most of them are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and you know, I I would be cool if we didn't get another Psychonauts for another six, seven years or something. Yeah, I mean, I think we probably wouldn't. I think I think these games, by their nature, because of the creativity on display, take a long time. Yeah. And I would like to see Double Fine do something else. You know, like, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, after the, you know, now that this is done and everything, like, you know, maybe the the you know, Schaefer or whoever, you know, whoever's running stuff at Double Fine's like, all right, we're all working on other things, but everybody like, start thinking, think about, about it. it. You know, if, if you come up with an idea that might be a Psychonauts thing, like, write it down, put, put it, it in the put, database, put it, put it in this box yeah. in the middle of the cafeteria, <laughs> and like, we'll just you know, we'll go through them every few months and see what we got. Kind yeah, of like you know, I'm. But I would like to see. It feels like this game; these games must be a huge group effort because yeah. no one comes up with all this stuff themselves. Yeah, like this is this is a. I feel like this is the product of very much of of everyone who works there in a way that you know every game is that with any company. But like it just feels like so much is on display from so many different minds. I and, wish, and I, I use that intentionally given the subject matter of the yeah of the game. <laughs> but like, it's 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 really cool. Like yeah. it, there's nothing else like it really. I wish Double Fine would tackle some more genres. Yeah. Like, three platformers, adventure games, they got it. They nailed it. They're good. Let's see them tackle some other stuff that's not a weird real-time strategy game starring Jack Black. Um, Because this studio is just so creative. Like, no one will play this and come out the other end of it and be like, well, that was dull. Like, just the... You can tell the people who work at Double Fine, one, are encouraged to just think completely outside the box. Um, And two, there's a leader there who's willing to invest in outside the box ideas and that's rare anymore it's really hard to find that so for another thing i would say too great get by xbox yeah this studio is going to pay dividends for a long time even if this game doesn't sell very well ultimately yeah, certainly i would i mean i know i'm uh uh a little biased in that i've always liked Schaefer stuff and like double fine stuff um but like uh like I, like if I didn't already have an Xbox, I would buy an Xbox to play their games once they become exclusive yeah. to Xbox platforms. No question. I would not say this game is worth buying an Xbox for, though. I no, I mean you far. wouldn't have to because it's on everything, right? But yeah, I mean it's just so funny how everything is redefined now too, though. With like, mm-hmm. you know, you don't have to even buy a console at all to play yeah. this. You can get Game Pass on we, uh, PC or your phone or Beth- whatever. Bethesda did re re can reconfirm. Starfield is not going to be on PlayStation. Like, <laughs> got to keep reminding people yeah. over and over again. Um, but anyway, uh, my favorite response to that was like, you know, like you know, because they they've basically said it a number like four or five times at this point, and people are just like, well, and someone was like, someone said, I mean, they've confirmed it a lot of times at this point. Maybe too many times. <laughs> <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's, it wraps it back around. It's like, this, it's like the dog chasing its tail. Oh, um, so maybe you're asking, like, Shane, is this a Game of the Year contender? Yes. Like, I think it's on the hot list for Game it's of the Year. in the conversation. Year, for sure. Um, is it as good as Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart? Hard to say. In some they, ways, and they, and it's they better. Are, yeah, and they are different. Like, you know, Ratchet is much more of a shooter. Yep. Uh, this is much more of a platformer. Yeah. Uh, if you compare the shooting combat, Ratchet's going to walk all over this. If you compare the platforming, this has a lot more creativity on display. But the actual platforming, I think, is better in Ratchet. As Somewhat. Far as, but as far I, as, like, I, feeling Yeah, but I also control. think Ratchet doesn't take it as far as yeah. Psychonauts does. Psychonauts is way more creative just overall. Yeah. But Although, to me... not that Ratchet isn't. Like, Ratchet is right, constantly showing right. me stuff. I'm just like, wow. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's from a different... You know, uh, Psychonauts feels like it's coming out of 
more, like all left field, all different left fields. Like yeah. all the fields are left. <laughs> it's coming like, from over the fence. And like Ratchet <laughs> is like, oh, you took this kind of space adventure, uh, space opera thing, and really leaned into it and figured out a, way, a creative way to present it, and like in this gorgeous world and gorgeous look and arts. You know. Whereas like Psychonauts is just like, uh, you know, and Ratchet was more like, oh, that's really cool. What just happened, or what, what mm-hmm. the next thing you showed me? That this is just like I would never have thought of that in my entire life. Yeah, and, and I just. I saw five things in the last 20 minutes that I would never have thought of on my own. And that's what Psychonauts is. So it's hard to compare those two things. That's why you pay for games. Because they're making stuff that you know. Like games like this, you're like, I could never do that. Yeah. Like a lot of games that come out, I'm like, I can't program. And I can't build a game engine. But I could have easily came up with most of the ideas for this game. Right. But even like... Like I am going to be mad for the rest of my life. I didn't think of Thinkerprint. Like that, I, like I can't explain it's just why. So it's just, simple. It yeah. just it seems so obvious, and it just never. I ne- I would never have made that connection. But it's like how I could going to annoy me for years. It's kind like, of like for me Instagram because it's like, right. wait a minute, you can just launch a site that just does one thing that Facebook right. does, and you can get rich, <laughs> and then Facebook will buy you. And then, right? Like, it's like, but I to can do a see thing that they already do. <laughs> Y'all never understand Instagram, why it became popular. Facebook did all the same stuff. But just because it was was no Instagram. Right. It's just it's bizarre. (laughs) It's one of those things where I'm like, uh like I I think I could have thought of that, but I wouldn't have. I'd have been like, that's a dumb idea. It's like TikTok, you're like, isn't that just Vine with no time limit? (laughs) Right. You know, and like Right. Like why did Vine go away? But TikTok's huge. I I had a I had a a fun Vine experience a few couple weeks ago where I was with a bunch of younger people. Um, those people, those people, <laughs> millennials, the younger millennials, but they were all sitting around uh, talking about vines they remembered, vine memes. They My loved. wife loves vine, and they would be like, one of the vine. like one of them would bring one up, and then the other five would all finish it together. <laughs> and I had no idea what they were talking. And at one point, they're like, "Oh, poor, poor Gen X boy, like there's no." Yeah. I'm, I'm like, I have never felt more old than this moment. <laughs> and she's like, "Well, we're." I'm like, I'm like, yes, because. The things they were reminiscing about, like Gen Z kids would say, you're so old to even know those vines were right. a thing. And yeah. I'm like, I'm too old to know the thing you are being old by reminiscing about and would get like, – so I'm like three <laughs> levels of old removed from it'll happen to you. Like, it was, it was – um, yeah, it was, it was an experience. Anyway, getting back to the Ratchet Psychonauts. should make a Psychonauts level about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, overall, like, I feel like Psychonauts 2 is more creative, but yeah. I think Ratchet and Clank, technically superior, oh, more sure. polished. I don't think anyone would disagree yeah, with that. More polished, better paced, um, a little and, more and still, in it. And still very creative, because yeah. you start talking about the weapons and gadgets that are in Rift Apart, and you start thinking about the rifting mechanic, which I would say mm. probably wasn't used as much as I thought it was going to be, um looking at like the marketing and preview materials for the game in the final game it wasn't as prevalent as i thought it was going to be still amazing though yeah i mean i think uh, you know in the end and obviously this is more of an end i I was going to say a long way away end of the year it's like four months yeah it's like it's not that long (laughs) it's three months yeah we're gonna be talking about game of the year stuff in three months yeah september now it's pretty crazy um both games are great both games i think totally worth buying it's one of those things where just it's going to come down to what you like more what you value more Mm -hmm. you know if you want a slick package if you like ratchet more sure like for me like psychonauts maybe has a little bit of an edge like right now because it's fresh and like i love the sort of you know the underground comic more tim burton-ish sort of like dark humor sort Mm -hmm. of thing that they do like i really like that but i also love the space opera adventure that ratchet presents and going to all these weird worlds and you know i mean and psychonauts has that too like mm-hmm. you, if you consider each 
you know, each brain you go into a different world, like, is mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Like, what are you going to show me this time? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that in both of those games. Yeah. So, like, it's a, it's a hard choice, and I think it's, it's only a decision that I'll make, like, once we've got some distance from both of them. Yeah, I think bottom um, line, you just play both. Yeah. And There's no reason not it. to. Yeah. They're, I mean, bottom line, Psychonauts 2 is worth paying full price for. Yeah. Even at 11 hours or however long it took me to finish it, I would not have regretted if I spent 60 bucks on the game at no. all. No, it's a it's a singular experience. It's a game that you will remember parts of mm-hmm. for a really, really long yeah. time. And Just like, like the first one. Yeah, and like the first one, I think it's a game you'll be glad to have in your library and able to access yep. whenever you want in the, in the coming years. Like I, I've gone back to Psychonauts 1 num- a number of times. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's two thumbs up for Psychonauts 2 from us. And mm-hmm. the good news is if you're a Game Pass subscriber, it's free. Um, mm-hmm. What about people who maybe don't typically like 3D platformers? Do you think maybe they should give it a go? I think they should. I mean, I think uh, also I think you should play the first one. Uh, that's a big ask. If you're trying to get someone to just try something that they don't yeah. normally try. I mean, if it's Game Pass, sure, just try it out. Um, I do think uh, having played the first one enhances things. Uh, in fact, I was a little surprised that it picked directly up from Rhombus of Ruin. So if you haven't played the VR game, you actually missed a little bit. They have, they reference it. They reference. Yeah, they're coming off of the mission from Rhombus of Ruin. Like, yeah. At the at the beginning of this game, they're referencing constantly. Actually, yeah. they talk about it for like the first hour of the game. Um, and actually, we should also add too that you don't necessarily have to play the first game because there is no. a huge like there video. is a recap at the like, beginning it's, yeah. re- it's almost too long but and i too do detailed. but i do think um knowing the characters before you go into this game helps it does a lot enhances yep. a lot yep i'd agree and i still think you know you know the meat circus is not great but that first game is still a lot of fun and still very funny Yep, and has a lot of stuff worth experiencing. And you can get it for like a dollar. You get it for like five bucks, or if not, Game Pass at some. It yeah, was it's on Game, Game Pass, Pass for a long as well. Time. Yeah. yeah, so yeah, dive in, be ready because it's crazy. <laughs> There's some mm-hmm. crazy, awesome stuff in Psychonauts too. So we highly recommend that everyone try it out. And if you are not an Xbox owner and you're not a Game Pass mm-hmm. subscriber and you own a PlayStation. I recommend buying it at full price. Yep. If it's, I also appreciate that they got all the voices voices back. Yeah, and they right. don't sound older. No, they all sound solid. The I don't same. know how that happened. But. I don't know. That uh, that is another thing that's happening in one of the other games we're going to talk about yeah. too. Like it's. I'm wondering if they recorded some of that stuff way back when. That could be. I mean, they might have recorded that years ago. I probably. Yeah. I think some of the parts of Psychonauts two are 15 years old. Um, I, I I mean I don't know about like the actual that because it sounds I don't think 15 years ago audio recording equipment would be feasible now with that rec- those recordings maybe i don't th- you know I mean, they've you, had good th- mics for a long they time they have but they have not been recording in the bit rates you would need right. for today's audio presentations uh, i mean Dol- the Dolby audio is probably analog stuff. is my guess um, they might have recorded it to tape oh I don't, back then. I don't think so we were but, when we were working at yeah but we Tech were TV we had G4. no money and we were a bunch of dips, <laughs> you know, we, we had nothing we were recording to tape i mean everything was taped though like dv tapes yeah like, but game stuff was digital by then was it yeah I mean, maybe Double Fine wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, they were a small. I think they. I think they had digital stuff. I mean, yeah. that was that was you had to to do some of the mixing and, and stuff you were doing even at the time in 2005. But yeah. I don't know. Call Tim Shaver. Yeah, I bet he'd know. It's pretty awesome that after 16 years they stuck the landing. Yeah, like That's I was very amazing. worried about. You know, it's very you rare. Can't, games you can't. Yeah, you can't do something like it when we're about to see you know. And if you if you disagree, let's see what the Matrix Four is like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Uh, okay, we got to move on. There was a fun article about, uh, I think it was Lily Wachowski, who talked about why she didn't come back for, because only Lana directed the new one. Mm-hmm. And Lily's like, 
I see why I go backwards. I thought it, it seemed like I don't think it seemed like a good idea. I was like, I agree with her. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I think I feel like if I had to put money on on one of the Wachowskis on this one, I'd put it on Lily. I think she's uh, probably made the wiser choice, but we'll see. Yep. Keanu doesn't make a lot of bad decisions these days in terms of choosing roles Which and, is and projects. So we'll but, see. Yeah. He settled into a groove. But we got to move on. We just talked way too long about Psychonauts 2. Uh, and we are going to move on. We're going to talk next about Tales of Arise. It is the next entry in the Tales of franchise from Bandai Namco. Maybe the strangest titled one they've ever done. Yeah. I mean, there's been There's been some weird so ones. Many. But, but Tales of Arise? Yeah. Like that mm, doesn't roll <laughs> off the tongue, does it? It really doesn't. Um, they just released a brand new demo at Gamescom for this game. And then there was a demo a while ago, and you played the old demo. Yeah. I've played the new demo. The B-roll is from the new demo as well. Um, and you, if you're if you're a PlayStation or Xbox owner, you can go and download the demo and play it for yourselves. I did that, and I played the demo all the way to the end. Matt, um, Bandai Namco has said that they are hoping that this game will revitalize the franchise. Mm-hmm. It... This Whatever that means. Th- right. Uh, well, this franchise reminds me a little bit of like Need for Speed because back in like the PS2, GameCube, Xbox era, it was huge. Tales of Symphonia, gigantic. Huge. One of the best sellers for GameCube, mm-hmm. period. Not even just like third party. Like one of the best sellers, period. And since then, it feels like it's just slowly kind of. I don't even know how to explain it. It's just lost its spark a little bit, I feel like. Um, well, that's not true. Vesperia is the best game in the series, um, and the vast majority of the fandom would agree with that. Which one? Vesperia. Oh, really? I haven't even played uh, Vesperia. The 361. The, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Three six. The, the Vesperia, the director's complete edition or whatever, that, you know, whatever they're selling right now, Vesperia, that is the best game in the series. Okay. Um, it has been somewhat downhill since then, but it's only been like two games. Uh, the Zillia games were not amazing. Uh, I didn't play the, the one on Vita... Uh, which was Tales of Heart or something like that. Um, Berseria and Zesteria were was it? I can't remember the the last one was Ber- Berseria or whatever that was with a girl who barely had any clothes on. Um, is, every game has like I A at the end of it. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> Symphonia, um, Vesperia, Vesperia, Vesper- <laughs> Vesperia, Berseria, Zestria. It's always Ia um, at the end. Yeah, I mean. You got a groove. I mean, it's been it's been <laughs> half a decade since the last one. Has like, it been that yeah, long? Yeah, Berseria was was five years ago. So that launched right when we sit launch sifted. Yeah, that seems that was that crazy. was. I'm, I remember seeing that at like E3, like 2015, 2014, mm-hmm. something like that. That seems to make sense. Um, well, their their goal is to re- revitalize interest in the franchise. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like you've already got the. I mean, there's a there's definitely a, a, a baseline fandom that's gonna play this thing no matter what uh i am one of them like mm-hmm. I've, I've been playing tales of destiny's tales the tales of games since the first tales of destiny on um ps1 uh i did not play the first one which was on super famicom which never came here um until later i think um and i like you know I, i've liked all the you know back because back in the day they were more 2d traditional jrpgs but the battles were more like 2d fighting games yeah um which i really liked and, was uh, Symphonia the first one with action-based combat? No, they have always been action-based. Okay, so they've never been turn-based. They've never been turn. That's the whole. That's always been the point of the Tales of games is they are not turn-based. They are action-oriented. Okay. Um, uh, Tales uh, uh, Symphonia, as I recall, was the first three D, like fully three D one. Okay. Um, and then at some point, I think it was Vesperia, made it because inst- the combat in Symphonia is still side scrolling 2d basically just can kind of, kind of go up and down like a beat up mm-hmm. sort of thing um and there's but uh, i think 
Vesperia was the first one that had more like this, like an open 3D movement thing where you're like in an arena sort of thing rather than a 2D setting. Um, unless there's something before that that I'm forgetting, which is possible. Um, this one is... Um, so what's the new demo, actually? Um, you, what are you doing it? So you start out, you're supposed to find a city. You get to the city. They're like, you can't come into the city until you go over here. Oh, that's the old demo. That's, oh, it's, that's so the same maybe one. it's just the same, the same one, one then. Yeah, it's the okay. same thing I played. And you have to fight like two bosses. You have to go find to the boss. You have to go city. find the the ultra, the ultra monster in the other section. Yeah. and kill it before they let you in. Yeah, kind of yeah. So it's the yeah, same, same thing. Okay. Um, Little weird because you are like level twenty five or something, and they sort of throw you in to, to the, the deep end. Yeah, there's a bunch of elements of the battle system I did not fully understand at first, and like was I, I was getting it's killed. Insane. Yeah, because a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> I have notes for the battle system that literally are like two hundred, like three, two or three hundred words. Mm-hmm. That's how crazy it is. Um, the one thing that probably people want to know is: Are there random encounters? No. You can you initiate yeah. all combat, which yeah, I you love. see everything on the map. Every can, RPG yeah. should be that way. Like, and you can instance, even get even if they see you, you can get away from them a lot. Like, yeah, you, you you have a lot of control over whether you get in a fight or not. I feel like every RPG should be that way. Yes. I, hate, I hate games where they just run at you and like sometimes you have no health or whatever, and they just yeah, kill you I'm, right uh, away. I mean, the, the Tales of games have always been very good about showing the enemies mm-hmm. on the on the field. So yep. that's another thing I like about that series. Um, the combat there are four attack buttons basically. There's R1, mm-hmm. triangle, and I'm playing on PlayStation. Triangle, square, and X. Then the circle is jump, and then R2 is roll or evade. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's important because there are counters in this game. Yeah, there's like full counter stuff. Like countering is is a big deal, especially depending on which character you are. Like their char- characters are entirely counter based. Yeah, the one girl with the giant shield. Is yeah, like... See, I didn't even have her in my party. She was mm-hmm. like, so we shouldn't dive into that first. We should talk about how you you call in your party members. So mm-hmm. you have party members assigned to every direction on the D pad, and they have a cooldown. But whenever the cooldown's up, you can just tap their direction on the D pad, and they'll come flying in. And then also, if you hold the L2, it modifies that. And you can actually call in people who aren't even in your party mm-hmm. to attack. Like they're assist attacks. Like, yeah. Like Marvel versus Capcom. So you can choose your party, but just because you left somebody out of your active mm-hmm. party doesn't mean that they can't help you in combat. Yeah. And that is new to uh, to this game. And uh, the reason, the main reason that is in there, I think, is that... Um, each character in the in the team, there's a six person. You know, you have a team of six. Mm-hmm. Then you have four out on the field at one yep. time. But each character has a specialty. Like one of the like the the one the monk, the Shaolin monk guy uh, breaks armor. Yep. And uh, the the sniper girl uh, is anti air. And like so, everyone has a specialty. So like you can the reason I think the reason they have the assist thing is because if you run into an enemy that like like the shield girl can stop charges. And so, like, if you run into an enemy who's charging, you have you don't have the shield girl. I can't remember their names. Yeah, uh, if, you, if you don't have the shield girl <laughs> in your in your all. party in your active four part four person party, uh, you can still call her in and block that charge and yeah. gain and you know take advantage of her special features. Here's a, so one, one thing that was I think really, that's a really cool strategic thing they kept in there. There's lots of cool stuff in this game. Yeah. Like for instance, like I was fighting one of the bosses and I died. I could still instruct my party when I was dead. Mm-hmm. So you, the the fight doesn't end. Like your party still, if your other party members are still alive, you can instruct them on what to do and fire off their specials and call in the two that aren't even in the party. 
Um, and then hopefully, you know, they, someone comes over and revives you or heals you or whatever. This demo, they give mm-hmm. you plenty of revive and heal items in the first place, which I didn't discover at first. I didn't realize that they gave them all that stuff to me um, until I had died like once or twice. And I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to check on this stuff. And sure enough, like they had all, given me all kinds of revive items and health items. And I was able to basically just walk through the rest of the demo at that point. Um, but the combat doesn't stop there. It just goes, there is just layers and layers of it. Um, like we, t- we were talking about earlier, you can do evades with the R2. It's like a roll, dash, dodge, whatever you want to call it. If you do a bunch of those in a row and nail them, you go into this over-limit mode where like your attacks don't cost any like magic points. Um, you can set the combat up to basically play however you want. There's um, semi-auto, completely manual, and completely auto where the game just kind of takes over for you. Um, if you keep spamming the same attack, they start they lose their impact, and so it's very important to um, keep, keep mixing up your attacks. Um, you have to separate each attack by at least four other attacks to keep from your, your damage output from diminishing. Um, it just goes on and on. So after you've used your the boost attacks, which are the attacks where you call in your allies, eventually you get like this boost limit thing. And you saw it earlier. It's like the D-pad turns blue on the screen. And for mm-hmm. normal enemies, that's an instant kill. On yeah. bosses, it'll just take probably, yeah. I don't know, 15% off their health. And, dude, the, boss, the bosses in this game have like 80,000 hit mm-hmm. points. It's like They're like MMO raid bosses. They are, yeah. But it's like they give you the tools to do it because yeah. you have basically six people attacking the boss at one time. It gets really hectic and crazy at times and kind of hard to follow. Um. Yeah, I find much like the other games in the series. Like I find that if you if you get a little confused at one point, it's best to just start to start to start to focus on the UI. Yeah, like focus on the health bars, focus on what you're focus on the numbers. Like yep. figure out what you need to do without being distracted by all the flashy number flashy stuff on the screen. One thing I found too is that you can give your party members like loose instructions. You can be like mm-hmm. moderately attack or heal. <clears throat> and a lot of times in games like this, it doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. In this one, once I flipped heal up to the top option, it changed the whole game. Yeah. Everyone in my party was healing every, each other. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we ever lost another battle after that. Yeah. And then the healing is in, is weird because there's, there's a separate heal thing. Like yeah. there's, a, there's a, a separate counter for like heal points or something. Mm-hmm. And if you, everyone can heal stuff and use their healing abilities as long as you've got that in the tank. But if you run out and you got to work pretty hard to run out, like it's like a big boss battle might, might drain it. Yeah. But like, uh, you got to refill it and you refill it with items and, and consumables. And that's part of that is how you, why the cooking is so useful. And that's, and then the cooking is, yeah, go look around. Got, gonna re- it's just system on system on system. And the, and the demo is a little overwhelming. Cause like you haven't been eased into all yeah. this. It's just sort of all thrown it's at just you. With all a bunch right of, there. But yeah. your tutorial screens popping up. It's like, do this, then you do this, then you can do that. If you want to do that, you can do that. You can also do that and you can do this. And it's like, okay, okay. Like I just want to swing a sword at somebody for a second, please. <laughs> Speaking of which, one um, thing I'm sure I, you will. They will onboard you better and more gradually in the actual right. main, in the real game, yeah. the full game. I think they're just trying to show you as many of the features yeah. of the game as possible. Um, and there are a lot. And you're right; it is a little overwhelming when you just jump into this demo. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of they have a lot of faith in me in this demo, yeah. and it may be misplaced <laughs> in some in some aspects. Yep. One thing I do like about the game: it keeps like all the gear very simple. Mm-hmm. You have a weapon. One one armor suit, not just you don't get like a helmet and greaves and pant and all that. It's just one armor yeah. suit. Looking at you, Final Fantasy Origins, and a single accessory. So there's yeah. three things. That's it. That's all you need. 
I don't need this micromanaging, like, well, I need my chainmail socks underneath my boots. Like, it, I feel like a lot of RPGs. It's going to chafe. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like a lot of RPGs just overcomplicate that stuff. Yeah. And this game does not. Um, how did you feel about, I mean, the, the, the in-game visuals look fine. They're not, yeah. I wouldn't say they're really next-gen. There's a lot of loading in the game as well. It's like it loads like a little small area, and then every time you yeah. move. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not quite ready to judge it on the loading until I see the final game. You that's know, like a good the point. demo may not be optimized for that's that true. kind of thing. Um, but, but there is, it is noticeable. Yeah, and there's no like voice acting. Uh, the voice acting is weirdly intermittent. Yeah, it's just like they'll go hmm, mm. and, but then the text huh? will have like uh, eighty words or whatever. Yeah. It's and sometimes they do voice the whole scene depending on whether whether the scene How is important. Is it is. important. Uh, there's also the the skits. Which is a uh, 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 almost like manga style. Yeah, that's a yeah. that's a tales staple. Like they've always had those, and th- those have been a little. Those have been the source of some heartache for Western fans because sometimes they try to cut them out of the oh. the localization, or like I think one time they were voiced. A lot of times they've been voiced in the Japanese version, and they were not voiced in the English version to save money on dub um, dub time and stuff. Uh, this one is a reinvention because in the in the past they've all been basically talking heads. It's just been you've seen you yeah. see portraits basically of the characters. The in this one, they're not generally voiced fully, but they are done like motion comics. Yeah, like they're done like moving. You know, they're, they're using the in-game character models. They are like you know having you know, they're kind of acting out the events that they're portraying as opposed to just like faces talking. Yeah, and they're you know that's been a little bit divisive among the fandom. Like some people hate it and want the the faces back. Some people think it adds a lot. I think it, I think it's better. I like this better. I think I like that better than just having a bunch of talking heads. Yeah, oh, I'd agree. Um, it's certainly more stylized. I do wish active. it was more fully voiced. Yeah, um, but I was surprised by that. That is sort of a staple of of this series, even to this day. Like, but and if also, they like, really want to revive it, like to me, that's one of the things that would that definitely needs to help. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you know, as much as I dislike uh, Final Fantasy 15 and Final Fantasy 7 remake, like you, those are pretty much. I think I don't think you can get away from the idea that that is pretty much the presentation level that people are going to expect from a AAA JRPG yeah. at this point, and you are going to either have to match that or suffer the consequences. Yeah, and I feel like this franchise has been suffering the consequences yeah, think, for a I while so. now. Um, and if they truly are serious about reviving, they yeah. keep saying that this game this is, is like a, this darker is and up. grittier. Do you? I haven't really picked um, up on that. I mean, I, there's not a lot of story in this, so it's kind of hard to tell. Like, but some of the the skit stuff gets into it. The premise gets into it. Like, it is about like subjugation and slavery. Um, yeah. You know, like you, they don't really get into it in the demo, but the premise is that there's two planets, and the one planet is sort of a medieval fantasy tech level, which is the one you're on, and there's the other planet is like a like a sci-fi tech, like super sci-fi, you know, future tech place. And when the and they both when the future tech planet came in contact with the medieval planet, the future tech planet basically subjugated the whole planet mm-hmm. and enslaved the entire everyone who lived on it. And that has been going on for like two or three hundred years. And in this, the basically the the main guy you're playing here with the flaming sword uh, was a slave. Um, if you if you see his face he's got like a mask over half of it and that's because mm-hmm. like i guess the the slaves in this world like they tend to put them in full face mask to cover their faces and he broke his, he breaks his when he escapes or something and he escapes with uh, the other the sniper girl she i think Shion is that her name I don't um, remember any of them because like they're so forgettable. So she is from <laughs> so she yeah there she is. She is from the um the sci-fi planet so she's helping him. She she doesn't agree with what her her planet is doing. So it's sort of like a. So the the core of the story is a 
a revolution to throw off like hundreds of years oppression. Of, of oppression and colonization and all that. So like it is dealing with some, you know, and they kind of talk about that. They get into it like, and, and, you know, like, and the main guy, the main guy's kind of a goofball. Like he's he, like, he's, he's, he's oddly good natured for the situation they're in. Uh, especially when I saw like what his ability, cause he, you know, his, the flaming sword, like a lot of his abilities consume hit points for stronger attacks. Yeah. So like, okay. So this guy is burning himself right. to do more damage. Yeah, yeah. Like, I kind of expected him to be a little more of a broody Final Fantasy type guy. But yeah. no, he's sort of like a weirdly open, sort of like, oh, that's really cool. I want to learn that technique kind of guy. Uh, more of a standard anime, afternoon shonen anime guy. Uh, and at one point, there's a skit where she's where he asks him where her gun goes. Like when she's not using it because it disappears. <laughs> and, right. she, and she's like, oh, it goes in like a subspace pocket when I don't need it and pops out on a mental command. She's like, he's like, that's so cool. Like, like the tech from that, yeah, that planet is so neat. And she's like, you're praising the tech that like has defeated made you, your but, life hell right. and all your everyone you know's life hell. She, yeah. He's like, he's like, well, but it, you're using it, right? So it's, tech isn't good or bad. It's because like you're using it. So that's good for me. It's, you know, it's, it's neat that you get to be able to do that and that you can do that. And she's like, I don't know what to do with you. <laughs> it's just like, you're, like, you're too positive. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, and so stuff like that. So like, there's some of that there, um, which is fun. You know, yeah. Like, like, so I guess the dark and gritty thing, I guess the subject matters are, I guess we'll have to see again. I don't feel like this thing gives you a very, it gives you a good vertical slice of the gameplay. I don't feel it gives you a very good vertical slice of the tone or the, or yeah. the story. I mean, what I've played though, the tone doesn't seem that much different from other tales. No, it games. seems, it seems pretty lighthearted. You know, it's still sort of bantery mm-hmm. and like, they argue a bit, but there's still sort of like there's a lot yeah. of like kind of you know slapstick style anime comedy thing stuff going on, which is fine. I mean, it's, at least it's well voiced. Yeah, uh, the motion comic stuff makes it sort of it's nicely. The motion comic stuff is a nice balance between staring at just like unmoving faces with lip flap, and like I do find like when they try to like when JRPGs try to act out sort of anime comedy, physical comedy stuff in 3D models, it just always is sort of embarrassing and doesn't really work. And the motion comic thing here lets them sort of abstract it enough to show me what's going on, but let enough of it happen in my own head that I don't, I can make it not cringy in a way, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's uh, it's an interesting balance. So like, I don't, I'm more positive than not on this demo. I was pleasantly surprised by it. Yeah. The combat's insane. Yeah, it's a lot. And I still don't feel like I've wrapped my head. No, definitely around, not. Which is good. Like, yeah. I shouldn't be able to wrap my head around. Like, I'm looking forward to playing the full hour. game and sort of onboarding the combats more slowly. Yeah. As and you that, learn each element yeah. of it. Yeah. But I do feel like having played the demo, I feel like I know where it's going to end up. So I kind of yeah. feel like, I, oh, now I know what I need to pay attention to when the tutorial stuff pops up. So I need to learn. I'm like, so there's going to be things where I'm like, oh, that's how that works. I understand how that works with that thing that I didn't quite understand in the full demo before. Yeah. So, like... Playing the demo, I feel like, kind of did end up being weirdly helpful for planning to play the full game. It comes out on September 10th, so like a week and a half away. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's coming for everything, pretty much. PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and PC. No Switch version, not a surprise looking at the game. No Stadia? Yeah, no no Stadia, I don't think. (laughs) I I don't think so. Nobody cares. Don't quote me on that, though. Um, All you Stadia fans, just settle down. Yeah, these games are also gigantic. Yeah. Like, they take, like, 60, 70 hours to complete, typically. Mm-hmm. And that's even if... That's yeah, just, that's like, just going, like going straight through. through. Yeah. That's not, like, collecting everything or whatever. Yeah, Tales of but Symphonia was, uh, was it no joke. It took me 64 hours to finish that game. Yep. 
Yep. It, they're huge. So certainly... I did try to play that again recently. Oh, really? I, I booted up the... Because when uh, the Tales of Arise thing came out and the demo came out, and I actually did write a thing uh, for, for IGN about it at one point, and like, so I was like, oh, play some old Tales games. Let's do that. And so I loaded up Symphonium on Steam, and I played it for like an hour. I was like, this doesn't work anymore. Like, <laughs> it's, just like, it's so weird and yeah. clunky and... I think I reviewed that for Gamefly back in the day. Wow. Yeah. It was like a freelance thing that I did. And I, the one thing I remember about that, too, is like I don't have it in my collection because they were one of the publications that after you finished the game, they made you send, send it back the game to back. them. Right. I remember that. Yeah. It's like, really? You're going to spend $11 to get this game back? Yeah. Back when you had to spend like real shipping costs <laughs> for that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I am a Tales fan from way back, and I was pleasantly surprised by this game. So if you're like me and you've kind of fallen off. Uh, yeah. Play the demo. It's There's a demo on both PlayStation and Xbox right now. It's not huge. It won't take a ton of space. It won't take forever to download it. Uh, give it a go and see if it's for you. But again, coming out in like nine days, uh, it's coming out for everything. And I think both of us were, yeah. were pretty positive on it. Yeah. All right. Time to move on. Going to talk next about Gamescom, which just wrapped up. Um, man, as the lower third says, slim pickings. Yeah. It's like, it's it, it's weird. So Keeley's thing was better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. It had more stuff than I thought it was going to have. Um, which it still wasn't great, but more than I thought. I really thought it was just going to be like all indie games and like two big games, one to start it and one to end it. Right. But it ended up being more than that. Keeley's yeah. event was actually pretty good. Everything else, though, oh, my God. You, it almost wasn't worth doing it. Man, the money that some of these publications spent to do like mm-hmm. their live... like everyone should have just gone all in on Keeley's thing and save the money for, for from doing their own stuff and Keeley was somehow in alliance with IGN because yeah, I wasn't clear he'd on be that. like okay you're seeing this now and then if you watch the after show on mm-hmm. IGN there'll be something extra or longer in some cases yeah the IGN all the other stuff outside of Keeley's and honestly 80% of Keeley's event were just indie games and not even like for the most part like really interesting great indie games some of the stuff just felt like I don't know like <laughs> I know one thing Vincent and I had to create a lot of games in the span of two days hmm. just look there's lots of indie debuts but there wasn't like is there anything that really stood out to you that was like a smaller like indie smaller thing? no no, like no. I didn't see any indie games that I was like, oh, okay, that's a really cool idea, or that's a really interesting art style, or oh, they're mashing together. I guess together. it was like, Vince is saying it was Gamescom that had to deal with IGN. No, oh. so Keeley was also teamed up with Gamescom, so that. So was then the, he had to. That he, in yeah, turn, he had to. Be he had to route it IGN. through their other partner, basically. I felt bad for IGN because I mean they had that huge show and it was just loaded with nothing. <laughs> like, no, but I mean they got it done. Yeah, I mean, I think... That yeah. was Corrado. Yeah. One of our friends, I guess, ran it. Yeah. But. yeah. I mean, he does a live event stuff. He's been doing that for a long time. Yeah, like, I just mean, like, the decision to do it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that was a risk that they probably knew they were taking, but... Uh, yeah. It was... A, you, you know, they can only work with what they're given yeah, in yeah. terms of what but, people have to show. But when you start so. putting this stuff together... We've both done it. Yeah. When you start putting this stuff together, in the first, like, week, you have a pretty good idea of where it's headed. If you reach out to some publishers and they're like, this is what we can offer you, and you look at what they're offering you, you pretty much know right then, okay, this is headed for a bad place. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they did look i'm not ign's production was great and it was fine it's just the content wasn't there for it it's the worst gamescom that there ever has been sure like <laughs> i don't really have a ranking of gamescoms but as the so. show and i'm not talking about ign or anyone else but they their production was great like it yeah. looked great professional smooth all that it's just there was no content to fill it mm-hmm. um there was some stuff, though, and most of it did appear in Keeley's event, as I said before, the biggest of which is the reboot of Saints Row. Uh, Matt, you were looking, really looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think now that we've seen it? I mean, I still like it. Um, I have a lot of questions. They did show some gameplay later, but, yeah. like, um, like, I understand the people that are like, oh, my God, this isn't Saints Row. It doesn't look like Saints Row. It does feel like Saints. Like, the tone is there. Um Oh, absolutely. I am definitely interested to see what they're doing with it. Um, I'm sure there's more to this than just this. Like, Volition doesn't... Like, we have no idea where this is going to go yeah. you know, once we start playing it. Like, the, do you... Re- I mean, look, they're, they're definitely rebooting it and kind of like... do. You know, there's... there's it, I would I, say it doesn't feel like a reboot, though. Well, I don't think it is. I think, as I understand it, it is, it is a... It is sort of a reboot because it would have to be a new reality. Okay. After the events Meaning of that type of reboot, yeah. Ev- after the events of Saints Row Four and Gat Out of Hell and Agents of Mayhem, because Gat Out of Hell ends with the Agents of Mayhem universe being created, right. and Johnny Gat was like, "Oh, that's not right," but I'm going to go undercover as like a as like a uh, FBI person or something to try to figure out how I can fix this or whatever. And then he shows up in Agents of Mayhem as a result of that. I never finished Agents of Mayhem. I don't know if Agents of Mayhem ends with like rebooting the timeline again or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or if this is in the same universe as Agents of Mayhem, but as I understand it, like the Saints were a thing in this world somehow, and these kids are basically like trying to reboot the Saints in the sense of like taking the mentality that the, that the Saints represented and sort of doing it themselves, uh, down to using purple a lot in the Florida lease, <laughs> um, and sort of that's what's happening here. But we know Volition, and we know that they've done things that are ne- not necessarily what they seem. I mean, my, no, my, I have no idea where they could go with any of this stuff. My, my point they are using old get at, stag tech in the, those those like the gang members there. Like yeah. that's tech from the high tech hover bike group, group from like the other the, like Saints Row Three. Yeah, like there's there's elements in here that are recognizable. I just wonder how they're all going to come together. I feel like it's all recognizable. Yeah, I mean that's my kind of my point that I was trying to get at is that it just feels the same to me. Like, yeah, I don't really see any shift in focus or tone or. I mean, anything. it's definitely more down to earth in the sense that no one's flying around shooting fireballs out of their hands or whacking in a, in a each matrix other with or, like, or whatever. Yeah, right. It's like it's not, like the, <laughs> the wacky isn't <laughs> necessarily here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we don't know what they're do what they're gonna do, and like you're you're definitely seeing some weird stuff happening here. Um, like I have faith in these guys in 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 these in in these even people. after Agents of Mayhem. I don't hate Agents of Mayhem. I just think it was a misfire. Yeah. Um, I still actually do think the world of Agents of Mayhem is interesting. I just don't think they made the right game in it. Yeah. Um, and I still love three and four, mm-hmm. and uh, and kind of like their sen- their general sense of humor. So I hope they can nail it on this one. I, I dig it. I also like that they talk about they talked about how the character creation and, and customization is going to be more than they've ever done, which is a statement because some of the already yeah they've already good. had very extensive customization yeah. in these games before. Uh, two probably maybe more than others because two let you layer clothing, mm. like you could have inner inner wear and outer That's wear and kind of thing that went away in three yeah. and four. But like I always I always liked that two did that. Um, so we'll see. Like I'm you know I'm I think it's was it it's next February right? yeah it's, March it's soon or March it's soon like it's sooner yeah. than I thought it was gonna be. Um, so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm ex- yeah, I I'm too. excited. I'm, I mean I'm not like 
sitting here saying like they needed to change Saints Row. It has found no. like its own niche, and I do think I they guess needed all to... open world action adventures at this point are niche. Yeah, there I mean, aren't I, any. <laughs> I do think they yeah you know, I do think they needed to figure out what to do next because they'd taken it so far uh-huh. with four and got out of hell. Agents of Mayhem clearly didn't work the way they hoped it would. So now you got to figure out where to go. Mm-hmm. And they are kind of, you know, there is an element of bringing this back. There, there is more more Saints Row 2 in this than there has been in anything since Saints Row 2, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot, there are some old school Saints Row fans that are happy to see that. And I get that. Um, I'm At this point, look, I'm, you know, Agents of Mayhem notwithstanding, I'm willing to trust whatever Volition wants to throw at me right now. So, I, and I'll, I'll give it a shot for sure. I mean, I'll definitely give I'm it a shot. It. But I was a little surprised that it wasn't more different than it is based upon sort of the pre that, see that's funny because reveal. like the big Bar- the big Buzz. argument in the fandom is that it is too different oh really like the, the fandom thinks this is horrendously saints different row. really they think it's not saints row like wow. there's a big, and some of that is just people mad that there's women and people of color oh. you know which is ridiculous because <laughs> saints row has always been that uh-huh. saints row had a gender slider in like 2005 people right. like this yeah. is not news yeah that's too bad that that's the way they're looking yeah. at it <laughs> Really I also always support. Sad. I always support Volition also because they are Transformers fans. No, oh. and have always been because they used to name the car- the the vehicles in the original Saints Row one and two. They would name they named a bunch of them after Transformers. And I was like, oh, these guys like Transformers. I get it. And then they put the touch in Saints Row four, and I'm just like, yes, yeah, we are all on the same page here. Okay, so yeah, big. I, I I'm I understand some of the people's concerns over this and like how weird it was. like. Like look at you know looking at this that looks like Saints Row to me yeah I like mean weird too. lasers and all this I crazy. think all of it does yeah. I don't know what these people are talking I'm about. into it <laughs> um, so that was the biggest reveal from Gamescom I would argue and I think most people would probably agree with that yeah and then the second biggest one is Marvel XCOM as we've been calling mm-hmm. it and we got the the actual title of it it is called Marvel's Midnight Suns mm-hmm. and just based and I this didn't is know a this, great but. trailer. By it is way. really good. Like this yeah. is really I got like I was excited by this at the end. I I did not expect to have the reaction I did to them all walking out in their, you know, magic armor at the end of them. I was yeah. like, "Oh, this is really cool." I <laughs> like I was I was in I was way more into this than I thought. It did make me wonder what all those weird leaks or rumors are about of how there were no Marvel characters in it cuz yeah. like what the hell are you I'm talking so about? Obviously wrong. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'll be honest, most leaks are right. Yeah, especially these days. Yeah. yeah, this one was. I mean, they Completely got Marvel wrong. XCOM pretty accurate. But yeah, was like, that Marvel XCOM? And like, you are playing a custom character. Yep. But you're clearly on the team with all these established Marvel people. My guess is that somebody saw like a teaser trailer for it and didn't recognize. Well, actually, no. I, actually, I looked up interviews on, and the, it was the guy making the game who said that. Really? Yeah. I mean, that was a while. It was a long time ago. But like, maybe the the idea was different then. I don't know. That could be. But this is cool. Like, I I mean, I'm in big. I'm in big. Peh. Yeah, speak. I'm a big Midnight Suns person. I like. You it should back explain. In the day. It's from the '90s, right? It was like a like a limited edition Midnight, series. No, Midnight Suns was a kind of a sub imprint of Marvel in the early '90s. After because after the 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 redo the relaunch of Ghost Rider because Ghost Rider was a thing in the '70s, mm-hmm. but they did a new version of Ghost Rider at the end of the '80s or beginning of the '90s that got huge. Like got like he, it sold really really well. It became a big deal, and so they started to spin a bunch of like kind of occult uh, magic based stuff off. This, this is all supernatural. Yeah, all supernatural stuff. Yeah. So it was like it was like uh, Ghost Rider, uh, Bla- Blade, uh, stuff involving the Darkhold, the book that was in WandaVision. Um, um, 
there's some new characters. The guy who was the first Ghost Rider came back, and like Johnny Blaze came back and was doing some stuff. Uh, they involved Venom a little bit. Doctor Strange was involved. Like like all the and so it was called the Midnight Suns. S O N S. Um, and they had you know, Spirits of Vengeance was a thing. That's a great. That's a great. It was like only like thirteen issues or something. It was called Spirits of Vengeance. It's the new Ghost Rider and Johnny Blaze, who was the old Ghost Rider, teaming up to ride he- hell-based motorcycles across the country to right wrongs, like some kind of weird, <laughs> like some kind of weird, like Fall Guy thing, you know? And like, and like, it was just like they'd go to different weird towns and solve They're their problems rider. and stuff. Yeah, and it, and it was just it was a lot of fun. It was like a road yeah. trip thing. Uh, but I loved all that stuff because I was a dumb kid who thought Hot Topic <laughs> and The Crow were really cool. Yeah. Um, so I read all that stuff. And so now it's Midnight Suns with a U to you know make it, I think partly because there's vampires, but mm-hmm. also because like they're not all men. So they're not small sons. Um, But like, yeah, this is a really cool. And, you know, they're starting to get into that with with the the, the MCU and stuff like uh, the Darkhold showing up in WandaVision was was definitely a reference to this stuff. Uh, Doctor Strange, too, is going to delve into some of this. Uh, There's rumors that, you know, Moon Knight is coming. Moon Knight was one of these guys. Uh, There's going to be, you know, Wolverine was always Wolverine's involved in everything. So, of course, he was in that. There's Robbie Ray's, who's uh, the you know magic from uh, X Men. The fact that there's X Men in this is cool. Like, you know, yeah. you, you it's you, you forget that like now that Wolverine, Wolverine. You know, now that they bought Fox, yeah, uh, they have that license <laughs> back, so we can admit that they and the Fantastic Four exist again. Yeah, and one note on the gameplay on this. So they're kind of pushing back on the Marvel XCOM label. Mm-hmm. Um, they're saying that there's no permadeath, so you don't lose mm. characters. And there's one other like slight difference. Like that's a real damn cool shot right there. It like is. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, like, I'm into it. And there's one other slight difference that, but it still is like a turn-based strategy game. Yeah, just it's uh, you're gonna it be is able Marvel to, XCOM. Yeah, you're gonna be able to feel the pedigree one yeah. way or the other. It is from the same developers. It yeah. makes sense that it would be that way. They're also introducing uh, Deathpool, mm-hmm. who is the daughter of Deadpool and Death. Who Deadpool and Death are in a romantic relationship in uh, in the in the comics sometimes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so anyway, that Thanos was... is very upset. <laughs> uh, but that was the second biggest game that was shown mm-hmm. in Gamescom. Who would have ever thought? Like, well, it is XCOM with Marvel. It's I mean, those are two big big words you just yeah. said there. But well, Marvel bigger than XCOM. Look at this point. Also, we'll take whatever Marvel stuff we can get that looks like it's made competently yeah. and, and not and trying to does. milk me for weird skin. Purchases. And that is coming in March of yeah. 22. I will say I'm happy that all they didn't show a ton of stuff, but everything they showed is coming like way sooner than I thought it would. Yeah. Like, so That's the fact positive. that everything seems to be like up to, you know, the end of Q1. Yeah. I'm cool with that. And then next was something that probably made Matt very sad. Mm, made, my, made my team sad. Yeah. They showed uh, Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, which looks great looks great looks really it really good. does it's it a great trailer amazing. Uh, it is a great trailer but unfortunately it has been delayed it's next year this would have been a really nice christmas game yeah i don't even care about the fantasy draft team at this point i'm just like i just would have liked to play, play this it. sooner yeah it's looking pretty awesome though man it is it's great i, mean, I think we're now seeing why it's been delayed so many they're yeah, going I mean, all in on this yeah there's, there is a real feeling of like oh this this is the last time we maybe do this right uh, it, and there is dlc coming for yep Clone Wars and Bad Batch and Mandalorian and all the other. It, might, it sounds like just character packs, but they're still going to do it. Yeah, it, this game plays through the whole Skywalker saga. Yeah. The whole thing. Um, it's looking awesome. Yeah. It really is. It's looking like the best Lego game ever. It should be. Yeah. 
And it's also taken longer than the other like yeah, games. Yeah. But it is coming next I love that. Year. Look at the galaxy there. I love that. Look at all the places to go. Like I love yeah. I love the what they what they're showing me here. Did they even announce like the month for next year or is it just 2022? I think they just said 2022. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's not gonna make it in time to say. I mean, your we'll see at the end of the trailer, I guess. But like, I, there was no specific day that I've seen. Date yeah. that I've seen. Not even like quarter. Like, there's no, there's no commitment at all here. Maybe they're just sick of delaying it, and they're like, it'll that just could be. come out when it's done. And truth be told, that's fine. It's like once. Yeah, you, I just find as it. As soon as it's done, and you put out commercials for this, it's gonna sell. Yeah, it's just been so. You don't long. need. It has been a really, really long time, particularly for these games. I mean, that's the crazy part. Is like. They used to churn out like two a year. Yeah, I mean, and now all of a sudden it takes four years to yeah. make. Yeah, I mean, at the same time, it's like okay, well, if we're we're, you know, we're all sitting around tired. Oh, they're just doing the same thing over and over. Okay, well, it takes time to do something go. new. Yeah, so. yep. Um, Especially if something you've already done twice. Yeah, it looks great. I'm really excited for it. Just a bummer that it was delayed for. <laughs> like that's because we want to play like, it. And how do my father die? <laughs> you really got shafted on your fantasy team this year. Yeah, it's uncanny. I uh, I'm usually very good at, at predicting things, but I've, I feel like all I, the good luck you had before has just all flipped back around in this one year. Um, well, maybe, but uh, part of it is just like, um, you know, the pandemic throws a monkey wrench into the usual prediction cycle, yeah. and uh, I didn't I didn't adjust to it very well. Yep, crap happens. I really thought this was going to make it this I, year. It, like it I really no-brainer. did. It was a no brainer. That was the last game I thought might be delayed on yeah. your team, but. That's the way it went. Well, maybe not Hitman 3, which was yeah. out three days later. Yeah, but. that's true. Uh, next up, they also showed a bunch of stuff for Halo Infinite. Well, not really. Yeah, they a bun- define a bunch. I yeah, guess. two things. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a, that is well, a bunch actually, there's of there's three point. bits of news. Yeah. There's the Xbox Series X limited edition console. Which is gorgeous. It is. Like I, God. I don't like limited edition consoles. I haven't bought one of those before. I love that thing. Yeah, like, it looks good. I, and of course, it vanished immediately. I saw someone in like, chat as soon as we started said that they had scored one. That's great. I mean, I th- that is, I would literally buy one of those to replace my normal one. Like, yeah. I, I, the stars on top of it, love it. Like, I, that is my favorite, cus- like new, you know, special edition console design, maybe ever. Like, I feel I, like Xbox. I don't, I'm not even a huge Halo fan. Yeah. I just think that's a gorgeous looking console i feel like xbox series x is the easiest console to wrap like, probably yeah ever. it's just like a, just, just, a just skins like you don't cube, really need yeah. it doesn't feel like you need to buy limited edition versions of that because you can make skins for it so easily mm-hmm. of anything you want even if you just want to change the color of it it's just a cube and there's not even like you know a lot of like the gamecube it had like the disc tray and so mm-hmm. if you got like skins yeah, there's not for a lot that, of moving parts it had to be die cut it's like it's literally just a cube with in mine is a disc slot so it seems like limited edition xbox series x seem a li- seems a little ridiculous but you're right this one looks really good uh, they also announced a controller similarly themed i thought it also looked good and then they announced a december 8th release date for halo mm-hmm. infinite for both the campaign and the multiplayer um, cooperative campaign not making mm-hmm. it this year, but who cares? And uh, I did notice a couple of the tie-in stuff is coming out like a month earlier. The tie-in stuff, like some of the some of the merch stuff. Oh is yeah, coming, so the like, console November. launches like November fifth yeah. or something. Yeah, well, it's, I think it's November nineteenth or is November. It? It's in there. So, but it was like it was the original release date, right? Is what I'm thinking. And why did they move it the month? It's 
I mean, a month can matter. It some, does some matter, but you're three months away from. Usually, when that happens, it's yeah. like you would hear about that like a month before it's supposed to come out. Well, they didn't move it; they just finally announced right. You know, a date. Right. I'm, I'm saying, if you're assuming though that yeah. if they might have known that a long time ago, you just you can't change the timing of the pipeline for material goods like that. You yeah. know, like you can't because the other option is to keep all those consoles and all that merch sitting in a distribution warehouse for a month, which costs money. Yeah. So it's better to just put it out in the pipeline and get it out. But if you got to delay the game, you got to delay the game. So that's yeah. that's just how it goes. Looks like it's coming though. I mean, if they, look, if they let people pre-order those consoles, it's coming. Yeah. Which is good. Big thing to play in Q4. Hopefully, it is good. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. I'm still pretty nervous about they it. They did the same honest. thing with Cyberpunk. You remember? Yeah. Those consoles came out long right, before the game came right, out. Right, they did, yeah. And the, that didn't stop the, them from releasing an unfinished you, the game. The manufacturing moves at its speed. Like, you, you either you want to cough up more money to store this stuff until it's, you know, synergized with the product you're trying to release, or you just put it out. Yeah. And usually just putting it out, it sells anyway. Yeah. And it certainly doesn't seem to be hurting it no. this time. It's sold no. out like that. Not at all. So. Um, kind of the dark horse from Gamescom is a game called Dokev. It... The funny part is that people are flipping out over this. It's been a known quantity for, like, at least a year and a half or two years. But it's like a Pokemon clone. It's made by Pearl Abyss, which is somehow turning into one of the most technically proficient developers in the gaming industry. The studio from, I think, believe South Korea. And they're just turning out amazing-looking games as far as, you know, mm-hmm. technically with the visuals. It is like Pokemon Cross with, like, an open-world skateboarding game. Originally, it was supposed to be like an MMORPG, but now it sounds like they've dialed it back to be more of just like an open-world Pokemon clone. But this game was making a lot of noise after the show. Um, I'm, it looks really good, but I'm not sure why people have kind of latched onto it. Maybe it's because, like the lower third says, slim pickings. Yeah, but I think it's also because of what we talked about with Pokemon before. People want a modern Pokemon game. Yeah, Vincent like, just posted in chat. It was announced in 2019, but no one remembered it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I remembered it. it. Like I was pe- like, why are people flipping out over this? Like, Because <laughs> people are looking at this and thinking, like, this is what Pokemon could have been by now. What it should be by now. So maybe they'll get that from this. Yeah. So, you know, Nintendo should count themselves real lucky that no one's managed to top that formula in, in all these years. Because I think all it's going to take is someone to, maybe this one. I mean, this looks really good. It does. Yeah. Uh, like, if, if, if they nail this, if this gets to be a thing, you know, you could take some, some mind share away. I mean, yeah. Pokemon's the biggest IP in the history of the human species. Like, it's not, <laughs> you're not, you're not under threat here. But, yeah. like, there is room for someone to make something a little more high end. Maybe this is it. I don't I'm know. pleasantly surprised by how in depth the skateboarding and the skating is in it. Yeah. There's a, like, the tra- traversal is, is, uh, really happening here like the longboarding that they show in this it's like that's legit longboarding like that's what people do when they're longboarding on the street it's like it's really good it looks nice like the the it's very appealing the art design is very appealing like Mm -hmm. yeah looks good it's it's got a singular like i i'm if i look at this i know what i'm gonna i know what i'm seeing like you show me a shot from this i know that's what that game is yeah it's and yet it's also kind of realistic looking but it's still got its own identity it's it's a like, I, I do see why people are kind of freaking out about this because it's just sort of, oh, wow, what the hell? Like, where'd yeah. this come from? And, like, yeah, it's been, I, you know, I forgot about it too, but like. A lot it, of people are coming for Game Freak's lunch right now. Yeah, it looks real good. Yeah, a lot of people trying to top Pokemon. And they're really, I mean, obviously, you're not, you know, the Switch power is the Switch power, but it's like, why don't you do something? Like, why doesn't Arceus look more like this? I don't know. Like, <laughs> I wish I had a side by side of Arceus versus this game. <laughs> Got some something like magic Spider Man. I got some jet skis. Like it's it, it is pretty insane. Um, 
tiny cars. Like, <laughs> Come where, on, where man. are my, where are my tiny cars, Game Freak? Yeah. Um. So it looks pretty cool. I don't think there's any word on a release date for it or anything like that. Unfortunately. No, I, f- I feel like this one's still pretty far out. Yeah. But. Even though it was announced two years ago, but. Well, yeah. the last year and a half kind of doesn't count. Well, it sounds like that. Yeah, they completely have revamped it and changed the project. Mm-hmm. So. That explains why we saw it two years ago and it just reappeared. I think we are going to continue to see an influx of high-end uh, Korean games um, that really sort of surprise us and delight people in a way that, like, stuff from other places hasn't recently. Visually, There's a lot of the coming, coming out, out of there. South Korea is mind-blowing. Yeah. That, what was it, the Wukong game? Yeah. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That like twelve minute demo that they put out of that whole that's like better looking than most of the next gen stuff that's yep. been shown. And it just came out of nowhere. That's like, pretty no, crazy. Yeah, they're they're uh, you know everybody watch your back. Korea South Korea is coming out to, to for for real. It's like, insane. It's impressive. They're not playing around. Yep. And like I'm excited about it. Pearl Abyss. Somebody should yeah. buy Pearl Abyss. Surprised it hasn't happened already. Eyes turned to Bellevue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Isn't uh, yeah? Sony, Sony, Santa Monica, could, Sony could do worse. Sony Santa Monica is like a block that way. Mm-hmm. Naughty Dog is like three blocks that way from where we're sitting right now. Is that where they are now? Yeah. So they're be... still in the Water Garden. Naughty oh, they're Dog. still okay. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so anyway, that is Dokev. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. I could be wrong. Um, and there was a big announcement from PlayStation, even though there wasn't a lot of uh, game per se, that were shown that uh, were first-party stuff, but we did get the release date for Horizon Forbidden West. It is coming February 18th, 2022, so not long to wait at all, right yep. after my birthday, so it'll be a nice little yep. birthday gift for me. Happy birthday to me, too. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so, yeah, it, the delay wasn't that bad. No, and it's, it's really, that's about when the first one came out. It is. In the year. Um, it's surprising that they, it is February 18th, but they couldn't get it out for like this year. Yeah. I mean, some those, you know, those few weeks matter. Apparently makes a big difference. Um, and then the only other game of note that was really shown extensively was Dying Light 2. Mm -hmm. They showed like a bunch of movement and traversal stuff for that. Um, and that looks like it's going to make it this year and that's coming out on December 8th. Um, because they have all kinds of other programs going on, like marketing stuff for this, and they haven't pulled back on it. So it looks like it yeah, is. Yeah, I think if this was going to get delayed, we would have heard about it. It would have happened already, this. seems like. So like this like, would have been the time to announce it was going to be yep. pushed. And they didn't. They doubled down. So it looks Obviously, like, anything can happen. Yeah. But. Yeah. I've seen games delayed a lot with a lot shorter notice than that. So, But as of right now, it does look like Dying Light 2 is going to make it this year. Its current release date is December 8th. And that's it for Gamescom 2021. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Holy moly. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. That um, COVID really beat that show up worse than E3. Mm. Um, E3 is still something worth checking out through COVID, but Gamescom really has not been. Um, and Jeff, I think, did a pretty good job yeah. squeezing mm. blood from the turnip, but there's only so much blood in that turnip. It's like a whole show based around the Capcom E3 presentation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we did it. <laughs> yeah, but we, we couldn't have known. <laughs> we couldn't have known. Uh, but still, E3 was better than Gamescom by a wide margin. Yeah. Just the fact that there were like... Just the fact that I noticed E3. Right. Because <laughs> a lot of people didn't even know Gamescom yeah. was happening. That's how low-key it was this year. I mean, uh, I didn't know. I kept forgetting. And then I could see it was like, oh, is Halo stuff out? Why is Halo? Oh, the Gamescom thing. Okay, yeah, I guess that. Yeah. So like, I would backtrack to the Gamescom stuff because I'd see someone talking about a, a bit of news about a game. I'm like, 
why is this new Marvel thing coming? Oh, it's a Gamescom thing. Okay. Yeah. It was. Uh, it just wasn't. Uh, nobody was talking about it. The weird thing is, I'm. I almost said, well, that's the last year for that, and next year it'll be back to normal. And then I remembered that I said the same exact thing last year. Mm-hmm. And we were so close. Yeah. Well. We really were so close. And then the South mm-hmm. happened, and here we are. Um, so I'm not making statements like that anymore. Who knows when Gamescom is going to be back to normal again? Yeah. Who knows when E3 is going to be back to normal again? It seems like all bets are off. I don't know. I will say that uh, vaccine hesitancy is going down and first shots are going up. That's so, good. Keep um, pushing. And eventually anyone who continues to refuse is going to pay it. the consequences. So. Yeah, because they're starting to appear We're going to get there one way or the other, folks. Yep, that's for sure. Uh, but anyway, that's Gamescom 2021. Get your boosters. Yeah. We, we can't yet, though, I don't think. Not yet, but it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Only immune compromise. Yeah, but there's going to be more of a universal thing, like, starting, like, October, November. It's probably so. just going to end up like a flu shot. Yeah. What it seems like. We will be getting boosters for this thing for may- maybe ever. Yeah. Like, it's just a part of the viral landscape now. It's and we creepy. Gotta... It's scary. I mean, that's the flu. The flu used to kill a lot more people, too. That's true. Yep, it is. Uh, but anyway, that's Gamescom 2021. That's all we have to talk about from Gamescom. Yep. Pretty crazy. We wrapped it up into like a 12-minute segment. That's a first. Even last year, I think, maybe was better. Yeah. I mean, was, when there's more to talk about with Tales of Arise, yeah. you, got, you got a problem. <laughs> Seriously. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk next about Fortnite, which we don't talk about very often on Game Face. But something happened this week with Fortnite. <laughs> but when they do something stupid, stupid, you got to... <laughs> You got to talk about it. You got to talk about it. And this week, the stupid was deciding to, well, so let me put it to you this way. When I first saw the news about this, I was like, oh, no. (laughs) What are they doing? Mm -hmm. I saw MLK in Fortnite, and I was like, oh, my gosh. When first I was like, MK, isn't that Mortal Kombat already in Fortnite? (laughs) And then I saw it the first time. No, it was MLK. Um, in Fortnite, and I was like, "Oh my god! If they made MLK a playable character in Fortnite, I'm gonna oh, wow. lose yeah. <laughs> my crap." And then, at I the very it. least, make him come with Malcolm X. Right, right. Like, like, and then, <laughs> you got to do a two team up. And then I watched the trailer, and I realized that it was this. Yeah, tour. it's more of a. It's basically yeah. like a cultural tour, trying to do like an an edu- educational thing inside of edutainment. Yeah. Um, on MLK, that was in partnership with Time Magazine, I believe. Um, and I think Time Magazine also has something on its own that's kind of like related or called the same thing. Um, so it was. Like yeah, a, I think it was like a transplant of sort of that presentation into Fortnite. Yeah, it was called March Through Time. Yeah. And I think Time Magazine had its own thing called March Through Time. Mm-hmm. And then they just kind of translated it into the game world for Fortnite. Um, it lasts like a year. And I'll, I'll just say. MLK is one of my heroes, so I'm very protective of anything surrounding him. So that's why I jumped to conclusions at first and was like, oh, my God, what are they doing? And as it turns out, like, they're actually doing something great. They tried to. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, it's just kind of like a walking tour that you take that teaches you the history of Martin Luther King um, and talks about you know the sacrifices that he made, the progress that he made, everything that was just his amazing life. But... Then you gotta let the people in, yeah. And that's and when no it all, and no battle plan survives contact with the enemy. And that's when it all went south. Um, and what happened was they let people in, and Epic had not. 
I think Epic, and I don't know why it would, but it gave people the benefit of the doubt on this. Um, have we learned nothing from the last year and a half? I mean, not just like have we, has Epic right. not learned anything? Because stuff like this has happened before. Remember they had the BLM thing in Fortnite? And that mm-hmm. turned into a disaster because they forgot to turn off some of the features of being in Fortnite and people mm-hmm. were like throwing tomatoes at elements of the BLM stuff. Mm-hmm. And in this one, they once again dropped the ball and didn't realize, hey, we might want to disable some of the emotes in the game, mm-hmm. like <laughs> the whipping emote. <laughs> people are shit. They're awful, dude. Awful. It's like the lower third says. This is why we can't have nice things. Because there's a segment of gamers that are just scumbags. And, I mean, let's be honest. There's a segment of our overall society that are scumbags. And, unfortunately, despite our delusions of grandeur, the game gamers in games are not immune to, to it. Uh, they revel in it they, a lot Some of times. do. Some absolutely do. Um, and so what happened is, of course, people discovered, oh, there's a whipping emote that they forgot to disable in here. And so players started dressing up as cops and started using the whipping emote on characters of color inside the game. And from there, it very just, normal. Yeah. And from there, it just devolved into madness, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Epic eventually completely at first it just disabled like specific emotes that people were abusing um, there were eight emotes that were made just for this, and they left those intact, and eventually they had to disable all the emotes except for the eight that were made specifically for this event. Um, how can you do stuff like this without having this end result? Is it even possible? Um, I mean, you gotta you got to think way ahead, and you got to think in the mind of, everything. of one of these racist shitheads and you have you know and that's hard it can be difficult you it know. is hard because if you're not that way how do you put yourself in their mind yeah i mean there was a there was a thing we had to do that a couple you know a couple times i've pointed things out like that where it's like in in you know preliminary things for marketing campaigns or whatever and i'm just like you can't do that that way because if you add one line here it makes it say gay or it mm-hmm. makes it say a slur of some kind or yeah. It makes, yeah and one of the reactions i've gotten when i pointed that out is someone who the people, especially the people or the department or whoever that made the thing that I'm pointing out pr- should probably be changed in, in preparation for something like that? Is who nobody would do that? Who would do that? And it's like, have you been on the internet? Like, do you have you met people? Yeah. Like, do you know, like it's, it's some people are they're either naive or they want to give people too much of the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, and I appreciate that. Like, I I, I think that's a positive way to see the world, and a, and I I I I'm almost a little jealous, but. Uh, it doesn't make you right. Yeah. Like I promise that, like as soon as you know, the, you will, the, the 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 monsters will find you one way or the other, and you are going to have to safeguard against it. Um, that is just how it goes in these things, especially online, where the anonymity of being online gives these people the boldness to this do is this Fortnite, shit. Though. Like you think anyone like, would do that? You think account. anyone would do the whipping thing in person? Oh no! No, of course not. Of course not. Yeah. Like it's, that takes a guts and stupid of huge it takes, level it takes of stupidity. A very, it takes a very specific combination of gut stupidity and a willingness. And these people to, are all cowards. To die for Let's their just stupid be honest. They're all joke. a bunch of cowards. Of course, like they would never do that in person because they're probably some anyway. Yeah, and that's and that's the and that's the joy of it to them. I think is that like not just that they're doing this thing that's offensive and shitty, 
but that no one can ever make them answer for it. Yeah. I mean, it is surprising it's to me. It's the that impunity that's the because appeal. Because they have there. epic accounts, and you would think maybe these people don't care about Fortnite. They're just joined mm-hmm. that day to just be a scumbag. Burner accounts and things like that, probably. Sure. Um, but a lot of people care a lot. Look how many about fake look how many fake Twitter accounts exist just to stir shit up. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Really disappointed in some of us um, from this. Like really disappointed. Like I just. Well, remember, a lot of that is not even something to be disappointed by because a lot of the people that do stuff like that, they're intentionally doing that to drum up sympathy. You know, to make me feel this way. To yeah. make you feel that, but also to be like, a, you know, it's a thing where they're doing like, oh, we'll do this and then we'll get in trouble for it and people yell about it. And the other people that are sort of like, maybe they're not like fully committed to the same hatred that these people are, but they'll be like, oh, it's just a joke. You shouldn't be punished for just making a joke. It's like, and then that pulls those it's people enabled. further yeah. over there. Yeah, that's how you recruit. That's, what I that's, hate, that's the whole point. Yeah. What I hate about it is that these stories make the national news, and it makes our industry look awful. Like, this was one of those things I got a text from my mom about. Mm-hmm. Like She's like, hey, like what's up with this? And I'm like, oh, I don't even want to talk about it. Like, hey, it's so bad. And then the crazy part about it that I discovered through this, which I didn't know, is that his estate and his family are, like, at loggerheads with each other. Mm-hmm. Like, Part there's this like separate company that owns like the assets and that's the part that like signed the deal with Epic and then there's t- a couple family members that actually have control over the estate and like the company ha- sued the estate because the estate wouldn't give the company parts like memorabilia of his to sell mm-hmm. and auction. There's like all this crappy stuff going on behind the scenes with this. It's just bad. It's just I think about him and how he would feel if he knew this was going on. It's awful. It really is. And it's again, it's not just the community that played Fortnite and got into this event and acted that way. It's his family. Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't for the company part of the estate selling the stuff to Epic, it never would have happened in the first place. But there's like a, a segment of his his. I don't even know how to put it. The people who who are controlling his estate, who are doing him wrong, essentially. And then there's the family members who control the estate proper who are trying to stop him, and they can't. And in fact, I think the family lost that case and had to give the memorabilia to the company side, which, I don't know. It's just awful all mm-hmm. across the board. Um, and how do we stop it? Like, how can we... As people who detest this type of behavior, what can we do? I feel helpless. Not much. I mean, you can call it out when you see it. It doesn't help when you do that in an online game, obviously, because right. the anonymity is there. Best you can do is like if you, you know, that's the thing is like, you know, it's like I'll call your friend, you know, when your friends do stuff like that, call them out if you see it. But it's like, I don't have any friends that do that. Right. You know, you know it's like, how do I make a change? Or at the I very make- least, if I did, they were called out 20 years ago right. and aren't like that anymore, which is something. But like, yeah, that's all you can do is, is deal with the stuff that's in your immediate circle. Uh, donate to to causes that try to promote awareness and try to promote the fact that like, you know, a lot of people, you know, don't forget, like a lot of people would be shocked that there are people who would do this in Fortnite, including apparently the people who make Fortnite, yeah. right? So like, you know, donating to places that, that promote awareness and promote awareness that this is still a problem. Right. Is, well, is I think we all know thing. it's still a problem. We've learned that in the oh, last yeah. four years. Oh, for, for sure. sure. But like, you know, the education on that is ongoing, you know, and the idea of, of getting that education out in places where the next group of, you know, group of people might get taken in by this mentality, taken in by this racist yeah. recruitment technique, like, 
you know that is something to you know to, to counter to counter program that that is a real thing that is a thing that's going to need to happen i mean i wasn't so naive as to think that like racism was gone in america no but i mean i'll say this up until four years ago i really didn't think it was as bad as it is mm-hmm. and then they just started coming out of the woodwork and i was like wow i was delusional Mm-hmm. Also, they hit they hit it better for a long time. Like Trump gave people you know, in their view agency. permission and agency yeah. to come out and say that they're like that now because it was okay to him. Sad. Anyway, elections matter, people. They do. Um, but anyway, I, I I think Epic though ended up handling it after they made their initial mistakes. Like I think they cleaned it up as best they could. Um, and it seems like it's okay now, and it is going to run for the next year. Mm-hmm. So I guess I would encourage you to go check it out if you don't know a lot about MLK. It is very educational, and you will learn something. And it is interactive. There's like little mini games that you can play and stuff like that. Yeah. Or even if you do know, it can't hurt to boost the numbers on that a little yeah. bit. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't hurt the fact that okay, there's some Cretans, some troglodytes who are trying mm-hmm. to ruin it for everybody else. There's a lot of like teenagers who are learning about MLK for the first time in a way that they will engage with and they'll probably retain the information better than just me or you being like, you should learn about MLK. So, you know, when I said, what can we do? There is something happening that I think could make a difference. Um, And maybe if this awful story generates enough interest or has generated enough interest, then maybe some people have actually checked out the, the event that wouldn't have checked it out before and they learned something. Mm -hmm. So there are ways I think you can look at it where you find wins in it, but overall, it's just a bad look for us. I'm so sick of this small group of gamers making the rest of us just look awful. I am so I mean, sick of it. A lot of it has nothing to do with gamer, per se. It's just there is a... But that's how it's perceived. Like, that's why I get the text from some, my mom I mean, about it. I mean, somewhat, but it's like if you're really going to try to tell me that gamers... I mean, like, I don't even like using the word anymore because it is associated I, I with try things to never like that. It, but like it's ever. like the problem isn't like specifically gamers or people who play games are racist. It's because there's a huge chunk of white America that is racist. And we ignored that for a long time as white people because we didn't see it. We have to, didn't have to deal with it. Yeah. It's just naked now. That's the thing. It's like and like you got all your, your POC friends kind of sitting around going, mm hmm, like. Welcome to the welcome to the family. Kind of. You know, it's like yeah. now, now you see what we see kind of thing. Yeah. It's just been blatant now. And uh, and that's a that's a thing that a lot of a lot of people have to have to process. Right. Yeah. Um, And so when you see you know, when I see this, like I don't see necessarily like, oh, they're making gamers look bad. I see like like this is just another symptom of this thing that we have should have by now acknowledged over the last at least four years is like, you know, a very significant problem in our American society, probably every society. I I can't speak for outside of America. It's not where I live. I'm sure it's everywhere. Uh, at least everywhere that was that's a that's a country that was like you know known for colonization. You know what the most you know the most commonly celebrated uh, holiday in the world is New Year's Eve. No, <laughs> in terms of like a specific like holiday that people celebrate like that established, it is um, uh, the most common uh, celebration around the world. Uh, almost every two days, I think somewhere in the world is Independence from British rule. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. And that'll have an effect. Yeah, you know that's 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 part of the, that's part of the system. Well, I do look. I do admire that Epic tried to do something positive. Yeah, I mean, Epic's heart was definitely in the right place. His here. heart was in the right place. Its execution wasn't yeah exact, and it should have learned that lesson a while ago. It didn't. Yeah. Maybe it will this time. I hope you know moving because forward. I don't want if it they, to go away. No, you know, I'd I like want... to, I'd like them to do more things like this and and kind of you know push push that boundary a little bit. 
and um, you know now they'll know hopefully and and be you know you gotta you gotta it's it's a thing that sucks to have to admit about your your audience or your player base or your country or your your demographic you whatever give people the benefit of the doubt. sure you but like believe that people are but good. you ha- but you know but it's important to learn you know to look at the the facts yeah. when they present themselves and they certainly did this time yep okay I think we've said our piece on that let's move on although admittedly still really disappointed. Um, another demo that I played this week, I told you I played a couple demos, was WarioWare Get It Together. This demo is on the eShop right now for Switch. Matt, let's opine a little bit about the WarioWare franchise. One of the first things I will say is that it's one of my favorite X-Play reviews that I did. It had, like, no budget. Like, we didn't even have a crew to shoot, like, the sketch stuff of it. I was just basically re- to show the absurdity of WarioWare, I was recreating some of the mini games in the real world. And oh, then when right. you I remember, remember that. that? Yeah. And I, you just see them represented in the real world, it, it, it kind of hits home just how absurd the game is overall. For those of you who don't know what WarioWare is, it is just a collection of, they're not even mini games. They're, they call them micro games. They're these games that literally last like five seconds. Actually, some of them last less than that. Yes, like, yeah, there's two-second games. In yeah, there. and they're very simple controls. Like, generally, you just have one button and, like, a directional pad or an analog stick, and you have a, t- a set amount of time to accomplish each micro game. And if you don't, you fail. In this particular game, you get four failures before the game ends, and you have to start all over. What are your fondest memories about WarioWare, Matt? Um, I mean, I really only played the first few extensively. I think I played the first one. How many more were there? There were like five or really? something. Really? Like There's there been five? At least, I think there were several. I mean, I, I played the first one, and I played the one with the the gyro thing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember. For what Wii. Was, yeah, I can't remember what that was. I had it on like a, I thought it was on a handheld. Oh, it was? Yeah. And I played Touched, which was the DS one where you yeah. use the, the, st- the, the touch touch screen. Um, and there are a couple like there are a couple like ports to. I, I always felt like this is a handheld series more than it worked better as a handheld to me. Yes, I agree um, with that a bunch. So yeah, I, I definitely played the first one and the motiony one, which I th- I, I want to say that was like a like it was like Pokemon Pinball, like it was like a gyro thing on the cartridge for GBA or something like that. Hmm. I can't remember what it was called. It was, I, don't remember. I remember this. I remember that it was like an orange and red kind of spiral pattern on the box or on Vincent's the. filling us in. Um, there was the original, the enhanced port to GameCube. The motion control one was on GBA. Twisted. That's what it was. Twisted. That's what, that's it, what, was. what it was. Yeah. The yeah. DS one, the Wii one, Game and Wario was a spinoff, and then the 3DS game. Yeah. yeah. So I played the original one, the GBA one, and the th- and the DS one. Okay. Um, I don't think I played the Wii one extensively, and I don't think I played 3D, the 3DS one. Um, but I did like them. I just there was kind of a point where I felt like I get I get it. I'm I'm, I'm good. Um, and I never really went back and played them again after I finished them. That was kind of my thing. Was like they didn't have a lot of replay value to me. They don't because when, at least the old ones, once you figured out how to, to finish a micro game, it never changed. Yeah, but that is changing here. Mm. So there's good and there's bad in this game. First of all, I, I agree with you 100%. I liked this franchise when it was on handhelds because it looked crude. I feel like the more polished this game has become, it's lost a bit of its charm. Yeah. Yeah, it was 
it was fun because it was a mess. Right. Because it was it because that was like, also in character for him. Yeah. It felt like this thing that was just kind of held together with like bubble gum and scotch tape. Mm-hmm. And like the mini games looked crude, they played crude, but that yeah. was like part of the charm yeah. of it. Yeah, and that was like part of the point. It was like, right. yeah, we only have the budget to do this. Yeah. And so that's what they did. You know, ever it was and they kind of really they leaned into it really hard and that worked. Yep. And this one, you can tell there's a much bigger budget. The presentation in it far superior to any WarioWare game that I've played. Um, the concept remains the same. They're micro games. Each one lasts like five seconds or whatever. But the big difference with this one is that there are and there have always been characters in this game. Mm-hmm. But in this one, there are there's a ton of characters and they all do something different. So like Wario's in a jetpack, he can you know, attack from one, whatever side he's facing is the side that he attacks. This guy can jump, um, and that's all he can do. And so each character has, like, their own little abilities, and they send you through the same micro games with the different characters, and it completely changes how you have to accomplish them. Um, So to your point about, you know, prior games didn't have much replay value, you're absolutely right. This one is trying to do something about it, and I, having played it, it does change it. Like, it does feel different because, you know, you could go into a minigame that you think you already understand how to complete, but all of a sudden, like, how you completed it before, you can't because maybe the character you did it with before could shoot, and now the new one can't. It can only jump or it can only do something else. Um, and so it does change it up. It does keep you on your toes. Um, and even in the course of this demo, I unlocked, I, it felt like, 10 or 11 different characters, and they were still coming. Hmm. Um, so that's a big, big element in this game is that playing the same micro game with a different character will completely change how you have to ultimately complete and finish that micro game, which should keep it fresh, should increase the replay value a lot. Um, there are 200 different micro games. Um, if you ever played one of these, you'll know that that number, it seems big, but because you go through them so quickly, like you learn them real fast. Um, yeah. Like here you can see. So the hypnotizing we just saw where I use like Wario to move it. Now I have this guy who can shoot, and you have to shoot the thing to go back and forth to hypnotize the guy. Um, and that's kind of how it works with almost all of the micro games. Um, also, like all WarioWare games, the, the micro games are easy as first, but then as you get deeper in, you have less time to complete them, um, which increases the pressure um, of trying to get through the micro games. Um, it's not funny, I would say. I did not laugh at this at all. Uh-huh. Like, the ones that are funny, maybe some people find them funny, are probably the ones that we've already seen already, like the pluck and stuff like that, or the nose pick. Like, a lot of that stuff has come back for this, and it's not funny to me anymore because I've seen it a million times. Oh, I didn't even notice that that giant on the right yeah. there. See that? When I was playing it, I didn't even notice that. I want to go back and see that again. It Was was that Doshin there? Doshin um, the giant? No, I, that, I believe that is an actual, like, folklore creature. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> that's supposed to be, like, looming as you... Uh, Oh, I think I went back too far. Yeah, there, I'd see. I didn't even notice that that there was a big giant like rising in the background right there. <laughs> but and that is WarioWare, and that's the type of stuff that does make it funny. I, I didn't see it. I wish I had seen it when I was playing it. Um, and as I said, you can you can fail up to four times. After you fail the fourth time, you start all over um, with the uh, micro game sequence. And a lot of times, even if you do fail, you'll still unlock a new character. Um, that you can then use, and sometimes it'll just kick off with the new character playing through the mini games that you already played, but then that new character brings a new perspective to the micro games. Um, the game overall is more structured, it's way more polished, but I do feel like it just takes away a lot of the game's charm. I just, uh-huh. 
it doesn't have that same impact on me that it did. Even the new micro games, and maybe it's yeah, just because... I feel like even, like, kind of is a detriment to seeing and grasping the point of the game quickly enough. Yeah. Like, I feel like... like Part of this, the appeal of the simplisticness, the simplicity of the of the originals was like you'd you fail could, something you before you even wrapped your head around yeah, what you're doing. But you yeah. look at the thing and be like, okay, I get, I see the different. El- there were no wasted elements on that screen. It was just like everything you saw was part of the game, and you needed that information to solve what the game wanted you to do. In this, like, there's moments where I'm just like just looking at the background. Yeah, and I'm like, there's a little more, and yeah, there's more polish and more production value. But it's like I don't know if that helps this. I game don't think at it does all. at all. I don't think it helps this franchise at all. Um, I think that was part of what made it so cool and unique. And you're right. Like w- the first few WarioWare games I played, I'd fail. Mich- I'd just sit still because <laughs> it would come up and I'd just look at it. I'd be like, that is so absurd. And by the time I said to myself, that's so absurd, I failed. That was part of what it was. Now I feel like because you are repeating a lot of mi- the micro mm-hmm. games with a different character, as soon as they come up, it's like, okay, I know what the mission is. Now I need to do it with these abilities right. that I've been given with this other character. It's weird. Like Part of the appeal for, for these games for me was that they generally gave you a set way of interacting, mm-hmm. and all the games would like play on that. So you knew your kind of base tools, and every time you looked at a new mini game, you had to basically figure out how to apply them. This seems to short circuit that with the different characters, and I actually don't like that. Yeah, like that feels like you're feels like you're bumping against the concept of the of the franchise to the point that I don't know if I I don't know if I like that. Yeah, I mean it, it doesn't. It feels like a mini game compilation now to me. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like this weird alien thing yeah. that you would recommend to people. And yeah, because there was definitely like just the way it worked was just sort of like there wasn't anything else. Like there was a rush to it that yeah. wasn't. It wasn't comparable to anything else. Because I would recommend it to people, and they'd be like, what is it? And I'm like, I don't want to tell you what it is. Right. I just, you just need to play it, and then get back to me once you do. Uh, because you'd, to tell them what it is is to spoil it, I believe, yeah. in a lot of ways. No, I, I would agree with that. So, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this game. It is also coming out September 10th. September 10th is a huge date for releases, for whatever yeah. reason. Like, it's two days before I get back from vacation. There's a ton of stuff coming out. I think also um, Life is Strange to True Colors comes out on oh, that day. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. just tons of stuff. So our next episode of Game Face is also going to be loaded with great games. Um, maybe you play this for our final look at it for Game Face mm-hmm. since I've already spent some time on it. Um, but that's what you get. WarioWare, get it together. Coming September 10th, it is exclusive to Ninten- Nintendo Switch. I do like how they brought in like some of their franchises into it. Yeah, they've always done a little bit. Like they're they're like Zelda games and like yeah. Mario, little Mario things. But they literally just ripped the end screen from Splatoon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like they just put it in there. Uh, so there is some clever stuff. But overall, I think my standards for WarioWare games are just—I don't know if they're really high or they're just in a different place from where this game mm-hmm. is. Like I, I can't put my finger on why it's not resonating with me as a huge fan of that franchise in general. So. Uh, take that for what it's worth. Maybe you've never played WarioWare, and it'll it'll feel like the first time Matt and I played. Fifty bucks. The first one. 50 oh my bucks. god! Yeah. Fifty bucks for that. I mean, it's mm. Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> Are you surprised at all? <laughs> I'm. I'm. I'll. I'll be worried if I am ever not surprised by how much they're willing to charge for some of these things. Because that that is a good point. Because these used to be handheld games that cost thirty bucks mm-hmm. or thirty four ninety nine or whatever. I mean, every time I end up kind of scrolling past it in the in the eShop, every once in a while, I'm just like, 
you're still charging 60 bucks for the Link's Awakening remake. Really? Yeah. Really? And that didn't sell really? very well either. Yeah. Can't imagine why. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been 40 maximum. <laughs> yep. Agreed. We said that on the day we uh, talked yeah. about it on Game Face. I just, that one that one really blows my mind. <laughs> I'm a lot. You know, look, I'm in obviously because it's 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 the my favorite Nintendo series. But the more I look at it, the more I'm just like, sixty bucks for Metroid Dread. I know. Really? Well, I said that mm. when they first showed it. I'm like, it's mm. a, it's basically a handheld game. Like, yeah. and you know, it's probably going to be like maybe ten hours long. But yeah. you know what? I just played Psychonauts two, and I would have paid sure. sixty for that. So yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm. You're not going to stop me from playing Metroid Dread, whatever the, whatever yeah. the price. Um, but there is a part of me. It's just like that's a little mm. skeevy. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, so anyway, there you go. That's WarioWare Get It Together coming exclusively to Switch on September 10th, according to Vincent, for 50 bones. I think that might be another big flop for Nintendo. <laughs> we'll yeah. see. Because I also don't think that like the modern player has an affinity for it like we do, or maybe even knows what the heck Not it really. is. And Vincent does point out that later WarioWare games work because they use new input methods, which is true. Uh, you know, like Twisted and Touched. The and Stylus, all and yeah. But like this doesn't seem to be doing that. It's nope. just sort of like... Here's more game things. I played it with my uh, Pro Switch Pro Controller. I didn't even play it yeah. with Joy-Con. For once, it feels like the, a Nintendo game doesn't have a gimmicky enough right. approach. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we complain sometimes about it, but then you don't get it, and you're like, wait a minute, what's mi- there's something missing. It's interesting. All right, let's move on. Next, we're going to talk about, we're really finishing the show off with a flourish here for Switch. We're going to talk about another Switch exclusive, No More Heroes 3. I unfortunately have not had a chance to play this, but Matt has been playing it. Um, how about a quick history lesson on No More Heroes? Oh, God. Um, so No More Heroes was a Wii game by Suda51, Grasshopper Manufacturer, uh, about a guy named Travis Touchdown, who is a giant anime fan loser, uh, in a town <laughs> called Santa Destroy, California, who uh, gets initiated into uh, a competition to become the top assassin in the world. Yeah. Uh, so the game is basically about him working his way up the list of ten of the best assassins in the world and killing them with a lightsaber. Um, it is extremely violent, extremely like vulgar, uh, utterly bizarre. Um, only Suda Fifty One could make it. Really, it's it's hard to describe. In the, in a, it's like it's like this weird, raunchy, violent, heartfelt, satirical, <laughs> earnest, raunchy, violent, like heartfelt. it's it's yeah, it, it's like every it's like it's, it's tons of contradictions. The music's fantastic. Yeah, the you know it has like big op- an empty open world to drive around and do stupid mini games to earn money to pay for the entry fee for the next assassin battle. And, like, you can never quite tell if they're making fun of you for it. Like, you right. can never quite tell if the open world is a parody or not. Right. Like, is, like, is it yeah. empty and and boring because you're making fun of open world games? Or is it empty and boring because you couldn't afford to make a proper open world game? And there's a part of me that's just like, I don't know if there's a huge difference between those two things at that point in that game. It is telling that No More Heroes 2 did, got rid of the open world and it's made it a map. We also got rid of um, Suda51. Like, he didn't right. really work on that game much. Yeah, he was Yeah, he was definitely the creative lead and director on the first one. The second one, he was doing a lot more things at once. He was working, I think he was working on Shadows of the Damned at the same time and a bunch mm-hmm. of other stuff. And he was more of a supervisory role on 2. And 2 was 
suffered a lot for it. Two two has a tone that feels nasty and sort of mean spirited. Mean spirited, and it leans into it leans into um, the more unsavory and gross elements of Travis as a character and the other characters and their behavior, especially their behavior toward women. Which was also in the first one, but the first one felt like it was trying to poke fun at it, or at least didn't endorse it. Right. Two revels in it. Yeah. And I find I found it that very killed the franchise. Yeah, I found that very uncomfortable. It kind of did for a long time. I, mean, I think if it weren't for Nintendo, it would have killed the franchise for certain. For certain. Because Nintendo bucked up the money for this to help, yeah. to have him develop. The so third three is um, Suda's back. Suda's Suda shows up in the credits like five times at the very. <laughs> And it's it's very noticeable. Like this is um, the tone is definitely back to more what it was. Uh, it has more of that grindhouse. It has a very grindhouse feel to it, even more than the others. Uh, it's leaning into that a little bit, um, but it has more of a more of a you know. There's more of a of a of a joy to it. There's more of a of a of a positive vibe to it that the two didn't have. It's lighthearted. Um there's a lightheartedness to it. There is a, a wink and a nod that its main character is an idiot and it knows that. Um it's jokey. Yeah, it is and the, and the beginning of this game. So I'm only so like a weird. couple hours in and it's like it, as you see it started with that death man nostalgia retro thing, game. And then it goes into this like anime, anime ET homage <laughs> and then the 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 creature here. So the when the creature leaves at the end, they build this rocket and basically say like, and the creature says, "I love you. I'll come back in twenty years." And the creature comes back in twenty years, and the creature is this guy. Like that's the kid. That's the the guy there in the suit is the kid, and that is the alien, little fluffy alien as an adult. And he's a prince of some other world, and he's just basically a psychotic monster yeah. who comes and decides that he's going to take <laughs> over the planet. And he does that, and this is somehow this is Travis, like this is this is what He's Travis all GQ there. Yeah, this is what Travis looks like in real life. Like so, this is like a real life version of his apartment. And he goes out, and there's aliens and destroying the city of Santa Destroy. And he goes to fight them, and after he fights them, he is his old video he game version of himself too. again. Yeah. But this is apparently what Travis Touchdown looks like in real life. Um, <laughs> At least he likes playing games. Oh, and, and Gene, his cat, uh, talks in this game. And has a really, really deep male voice, even though she is a girl. And there's a point where he asks, like, I thought you'd, I just didn't think you sound, you sounded like that. And he's like, please. This is like, which is, which might be a reference to The Witcher 3. Oh, right. Because there's that quest where, where Roach talks to him yeah. and Roach has a really deep masculine yeah. voice. And he's like, aren't you a girl? And he's like, what's your point? Yeah. Like, it's, it's like, what? And like, yeah, so I don't know, and so uh, so this is what happens, and um, I feel like these games are like if you took every video game and shoved it into a blender. There is some of that, and, then and it, movie. This is and what would spit out. Every, I mean, this it's so in this one, you know, the, these games are always about working your way up of a rank list, basically. Mm -hmm. In this one, uh, Fu, the, the 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 alien conqueror guy, shows up with ten, you know, him and nine other guys, uh, alien. Superhero, and they're like, "Oh, superheroes are big right now, so we're gonna do superhero stuff. We're alien superheroes. And we're gonna take over the world. So now you have to fight ten alien superheroes, and just so like prior games. Yeah. So they're so they're leaning on like you know some more superhero trope. You know, it is it is definitely a game made in the wake of the MCU explosion in popularity about how people think about superheroes all the time. Um, you can see here this picture and picture stuff. Nothing. You know, the fourth wall does not basically exist. Uh, there's a bunch of moments where, like, you know, they're referencing various things like that. Like, at the, when they teach you how to save point works, um, 
Travis literally looks at the screen and t- says, "Don't forget to say before a big boss fight, right? It's gonna be a problem <laughs> for us otherwise." You know, it's like it's that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Um, you know, the basic combat stuff is more or less the same. Uh, there's less motion control stuff in it, though. You can use the two Joy-Cons to, to play it similarly to kind of how the Wii worked. So you can um, use motion control if yeah, you want? Yeah, it, it recommends using two Joy-Cons oh, okay. um, on the style screen. I'm using the Pro Controller because I don't, I don't play that crap. <laughs> um, and here, yeah, here's putting his, his uh, Gundam armor on, uh, or his Power, Power Rangers armor. Uh, Hench and a go-go, baby. Um <laughs> There's a lot of this, like this is some of this is from two. Like he he had this armor stuff in two. So the like you know you'll have fights that start with him fighting with his sword on the ground with alien warrior guys, and then you'll fight like a giant magic monster, and then the monster will zap you into a black hole, and you have to navigate a puzzle, and then you'll have to fight, join you know, put on your giant. And so now he's the Travis we've always seen before. Yeah, so he had to and, put on his uh, mech suit before he could turn yeah, into Travis. before he could put his jacket on, <laughs> um, and. Yeah, and so and, and then you'll have a big in, you know battle in space with like you know, your giant mech suit versus a giant space station thing. like like much like Psychonauts, uh, although in a much more crude manner, it was more willing to show a cat butt. Um, <laughs> the uh, you don't know what's around. You each never corner. know what's about to happen in yeah. this game. Um, How is the combat? How does it feel? Uh, it feels all right. Like it's hard to kind of get a handle on it because I've only beaten the first alien boss, which is pretty much all tutorial. Like. They're teaching you how to play things, uh, and then like you first kind of get a feel of how the world functions and how like the gameplay flows from one thing to another. Um, once you do that and go back to your apartment, and then you have to go back out and like go, you know, go. You have to go do stuff to earn the money to for the entry fee to fight the next alien boss. Why is there an entry fee to fight the next <laughs> alien boss? No one knows. To save like, the does, world, Because yeah. Sylvia, the woman who like run ran the tournament to like get for him to become the top assassin in the first game and the second game, comes back out of nowhere and he's like, "Where the hell have you been?" <laughs> and she's like, "Okay, you're gonna have to do this, and you gotta get the entry fee. You're in rank number ten now in the Galactic Assassin." You know, and they do a whole intro thing. Uh, Matt Mercer actually is the narrator in this and like narrates like how all this is going to work and you see action figures and in, in package of all the different guys you got to fight and you and and then it just it's it's bizarre i mean it's just i bizarre. like his joy division shirt <laughs> yeah he does that, that, that his shirt is, is a joy division reference um he's talking directly to to us right now there's you know he's, he's talking about how there's no more heroes anymore and like he's literally talking about how long it's been since the last game was made oh really like there's they, they get into that a little bit um you still save by going to the bathroom and you um, still have to masturbate with the beam katana. No, actually, you do not. Really? Um, you hold, uh, you hold uh, R. I just, I'm sure you shake the Joy-Con normally. You, you hold uh, the right bumper and wiggle the right stick up and down. And he does shake it, but he doesn't. He it's doesn't not down do. By his yeah, crotch. he doesn't hold it by his crotch. <laughs> he does it. He just sort of moves the thing. I mean, it's still the same motion, but it's yeah, not as blatant. They softened it somehow. Um, and there are multiple uh, beam katanas in this. Like you can get dual ones, and like you know, just like the you know they've expanded that more. I haven't gotten a lot of that stuff. Um, and basically, you go through, and there's your perfect dodge. So like you, there is like you know like you were talking about earlier that isn't in Psychonauts. There is a a perfect dodge thing. You can do wrestling moves when you stun them. Here's the yeah here's the wrestling move. Um, he has special moves that he can do where like you, you charge up a thing, death glove skills. Yeah. You do that and you'll do like a double. What is the death glove? What is, how does that work? The death glove is just this thing he's wearing. But what does it do? What is it? It lets him do super powered things. I think. Okay. And then they're kind of his specials. Sort of. Yeah. But you can, they recharge. They're sort of like special moves. And then if you get the right, uh, combination of things on the, um, 
the slot machine, uh, you can power what up. Is, how does the slot machine work? Uh, that happens whenever you do a combo that lets you do the motion control sort of directional arrow thing. Uh -huh. And then when you every time you do the directional arrow attack, you get to roll. the slot machine automatically rolls. And if you get three sevens, you can power up in the armored form. Uh, okay. Other other things give you like me, you know, get your life back. This is really funny. This game is so here. weird. Because he finds this little <laughs> thing and he just, it just eats him. <laughs> And then, and then you, you're not going to hear it cat. here, but but right at the end of that, the cat goes, "Oof!" <laughs> like it's really funny. I like, watched a little bit of it with like the audio on, and the writing is yeah, the, it's pretty good. The writing's pretty solid. The timing's really good. Yeah. That's one of the key things because a lot like, of games that come from Japan like this, yeah, but like, Suda, half of the humor is just how the translation yeah, is. And there so is poor. there is a little bit of like. That isn't how an English speaker would say that, yeah. but that might also be the joke. Cause, might be. Because Suda does know He's English very well. He's yeah. definitely aware enough to do that. Um, and then this is like your real first real boss fight. So um, I don't, I, I, I'm kind of more in early impressions mode on this right now mm -hmm. because I just haven't had a chance to play it enough. Um, I actually forgot it came out until a day after it did. Yeah. Um. I was like, wait, that came out? It was out? Okay. kind of a stealth launch. It, yeah, it that's wasn't... because Mar it's Marvelous is yeah, like publishing Mar it. Yeah, Marvelous is still publishing. That, that You saw there, he, he charged the katana up a little bit yeah. there. Um, it just, it's not quite the same thing. I mean, this is going to get no marketing. None. No, no. Like The only marketing this thing's going to get is right. Is, what's happening is in right, the e now. right now or in the eShop <laughs> being like in the featured <laughs> Is zone. us talking about there. it. So on he Game does Pick. this. You'll see the, the slot machine comes up and yeah. you get that. I don't actually know what that does. <laughs> like, And he's constantly like calling out the names of fruit for his like special attacks. And I don't understand. He's like, strawberry. Like, and like, that used to be the thing where like... You know, his, his special moves in the first yeah. game was like, strawberry ice cream on the whipped shake kind of thing. Yeah. Like, okay, whatever. And like, so now he's just like yelling fruit names. Yeah. Are you having fun with it? Yeah, sort of. I, sort I, of. It's a, it's a little much. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm a, it's a little more than I'm ready to kind of dive into in terms of just like sheer. I mean, this is definitely even more random than Psychonauts 2. Oh, yeah. And it's like. I mean, just in the 14 minutes that we've watched this B-roll, think about what we've seen. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Um, I mean, I think it controls pretty well, even playing on the, uh, like, I still don't fully know how to dodge some of this stuff. I think it wants you to jump more uh -huh. than I, because jumping wasn't a big deal in the other games as much, and I'm right. still learning that jumping is something they expect you to do more of in this. Um, but, uh, you know. It's crazy what we've seen in this B-roll. Yeah. Now he's in this, outer space. This is all in the first hour of the game. I know. Like, like this is, like, we, there's no, this is not like some kind of weird spoiler fest B-roll. This is like the first 45 minutes. Yeah. This is one of these, those games that like I was talking about earlier, you can't ever really settle in with them. No. Because there's like, no consistent theme. That's one of those things or, where like, even if you're not, I mean, look, this is, you know, no man's, no more, no man's hero. <laughs> no more heroes. There's stuff going on with No Man's Sky today too. Well, you see this, also you're in space in this. Yeah. Now you're in space fighting for this. So that's what I'm talking about there. Um, it's all a little loosey goosey in places. Like I didn't fully understand about how the the charge meters worked on this thing. I beat the boss here before I could really piece that together. But this is one giant Gundam reference. He looks like the Faz Gundam. Like that thing looks like the the big um, thing, the Zeon the Zeong, uh mobile suit from the the early Gundam stuff. Like like they're referencing a whole. I mean, oh, the background there, like that is pure like like Macross and Gundam, like background space battle stuff. Mm -hmm. Like they, like they are re there are so many references to just general pop culture stuff of every nationality and everything you can think. There's a whole. There was one section where they just he and his friend just have a long conversation about the directorial stylings and choices of Takashi Miike. Oh wow! Like that's it. Like there's no like <laughs> like that's it. Like wow. It's uh you know it's it's. 
I, it's you know, and that's also how you know Suda's back and in the driver's seat is because stuff like that, that stuff pops up, and it's not it's not just like a bunch of people trying to kind of like ape the what he did in the first game and not quite getting it. Like there is something specifically Suda about what's even this early in the game, what's happening and what they're showing me. So yeah. I'm happy about that for sure. Happy about that because I love the first No Man No 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 Man's Hero. I'm I would not say love. I love the first No More Heroes. Um, do not like the second one. Yeah, um, but No More Heroes is one of those games that I'm just like I'm glad this exists. Like it's it's just so singular and so weird and like I I didn't expect it. I wasn't ready for it when it showed up, and I just uh, really enjoyed it. I've played it like four times on various systems and things. Um, I don't think the PS3 version turned out too well, really. It turned out, uh, if you want more information on some of this, I'm going to recommend it again. Matt McMuscles on the What Happened channel, uh, he just did one about No More Hero, the No More Heroes and No More Heroes 2, and it's fascinating to see what happened to all that and where it started and where it went, came from and why it is what it is and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I do think, uh, throwing back to what we said on Psychonauts About Voices, a couple of the voices in this game definitely sound older. Than, than they did than they before. Did before. Okay, because um, it's you know it's been like ten years. Yeah, yeah. Um, it took me a second to try to figure out if it was still the same Travis Touchdown voice actor. It is, but it was just a little different at the beginning. It's it's crazy how they've turned like ET on its head with this. Like, yeah, ET comes back as a psychopath to, conquer to destroy the world. The world. Um, to be fair, I never liked ET as a kid. Yeah, that, really? ET is a psychic vampire. Don't trust that thing. It almost, it almost killed Elliot because it got drunk and got you're all right. sick about shit. Like that ain't right. That ain't cool. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Matt, do you think you're gonna? I keep- do not understand why people think that thing is cute. ET is a monster. Do you think you're gonna keep playing this? Yeah, I'm gonna keep playing it. Yeah. Um. Just to see what it does. Again, just to see what the hell it does next. We do have a little bit of a grace period because the first week of September is pretty quiet. Yeah. And then week two. And September 10th, everything goes crazy. Yeah, everything starts going nuts. So you kind of have like uh, a little buffer zone here. To- this, is a, this, is a, this is a rather graphic scene. But uh, you can see some of the other uh, aliens you have to fight as bosses back there. Um, oh. He just kills the whole, the whole board of directors because he's tired of having meetings. Which who who can't identify with that really? They're all wearing masks. Like what fucking current is this? Like is... good old Suda. Uh, how much is this, Matt? Is it uh, full price? Uh, I believe it is. Yeah, yeah. sixty bucks I or fifty. So. I think it's fifty nine ninety nine. Sixty bucks. I think it's sixty. Yeah. Whew. that's hard to recommend. I mean, it's a. It's... It is for a very. I wouldn't say niche, but it's for a certain type of. Player. It's a certain kind of flavor. Yeah. It is, yeah. It's and there's a. They get to appreciate. I don't think anyone's Japanese gonna, culture. Probably. Yeah. Well, also it's, it's Japanese culture appreciating Western culture, right? Too like like it's it's a that's one of the interesting things about the No More, no More Heroes games is the um, the perspective it has. Like you're you're playing like grindhouse ultra violence games made by a Japanese man who grew up consuming Western media the way like a lot of us consume Eastern media. Yeah. Um, but also, he also consumed all that same Eastern media. So it's like this, it's it's a perspective on all this same pop culture that I know about, but it's from a completely different perspective that I wouldn't have because I didn't grow up in Japan. And, I, you know, but but I do feel like Suda51 is this, a similar kind of dork to me, you know? Yeah. Like it, and it's just interesting to see, like, what he made is definitely not what I would make, but it's fun to see how it kind of matches up with things I like and things I'm interested in things like, Oh yeah, I see why you did that because the reference to this and you just threw in an aliens reference for no good reason right now, because like you wanted to, and then you turned it into a gag. And 
it's great. Like, is there, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to have a middle of the road response to these, to <laughs> I these don't games. Think so. I think you are going to I don't love think that's this the or hate it. Of Suda's games. No, I don't. General. He doesn't. He doesn't want you to have nothing. He wants you to. He'd rather have you hate him. He'd rather. He'd rather you hate be repulsed by his yeah. game than just be. He wants a response. Warm on it yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And uh, sometimes that response is sort of like, and sometimes <laughs> that response is like, nice. So like, yeah. more, I've had more of a nice so far with this. Um, we'll see if it holds up because like, yeah. you know. 10 of these, th- you know, and sometimes you don't know where they're going. You know, some, you know, no more, no more heroes one and two, both like, you know, you hit things like, you know, I think early on, like there's like, you had to get through like 51 assassins in the mm-hmm. second game, but in the first like boss battle, you kill like 40 of them. Right. right. <laughs> so it doesn't even matter. And you're back down to 10. Um, so that's kind of clever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad Nintendo has kind of saved this thing from obscurity, especially because it really doesn't seem like the kind of series Nintendo would go all in on. It's but but Nintendo's strange with yeah, you never know. You really don't. Even through the years, it's been all over the place. It will go through like peaks and valleys where it's yeah. like, nope, we're not publishing or dealing with content like that. And oh, then they'll no, go, here it is. And but then they'll go like we're way over go, the line. But, yeah, we're gonna make Bayonetta three, and we're gonna like yeah. you know, we're gonna we're gonna make a sequel to the game where you fought God. Yeah, you know, it's like <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. Yep. And this is the company that wouldn't put crosses in Castlevania games 30 years ago, you know? That's true. So. Yeah. Yep. All right. So there you go. That's No More Heroes 3. It is a Switch exclusive. It is available now. It came out on Friday, right? I think so, yeah. Yep. And it's 60 bucks. I think it is 60 bucks. That's a tough sell. Um, I would maybe recommend going and watching a Let's Play on this. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, too, is you just saw B-roll, but, like, that's all cut up. Like, you mm-hmm. should watch the flow of the game because it starts really slow. Like that opening, like eight the thing bit about the retro game game. goes on. I assume forever. that's gonna matter later. I would guess because like it just. It, I mean, but it's the, just so weird. It's like it goes from that weird retro thing to letterboxed kind of like four by three mm-hmm. anime. Like it's just like I said. Yeah, well, because the like, anime is from the eighties, right? Right. Like it's, it's like they just threw every pop culture whatever yeah. into a blender and. But there is like, that's the thing is like eventually you start to say oh there is a lot of thought. Here. Yeah. Oh, of course. You know, it's just and it's, it's just not as it's just not as calm yeah. as Psychonauts. Yeah. Like, like Suda is, you know, he's a pop culture yeah. maven. Like he gets it. He points to the right things, but that still doesn't change how awkward it can be when it transitions from one thing yeah. to another. Apparently, one of the ideas for No Man's uh, No Man's I'm still doing it. Uh, <laughs> no More Heroes Two was I think I think it was No More Heroes. Oh no, it was uh, Travis Strikes Again, the one the the one that came out on Switch mm-hmm. earlier. Uh, was going to be that he would just travel through all these different indie games, like actual indie oh. games, and they could not get the the deal. They couldn't get the deal oh. done. It was like translation issues and the, you know that kind of thing. But that's why it's like you see like Shovel Knight and things like there's a bunch of like shirts you can wear in the game that are references to real indie games. That was the original idea ah. was to have him travel through all, a bunch clever. of real game like independent indie, indie games. Yeah. And he comes up with great ideas. Stuff. It is execution always the, the wild. Card. The ambition always uh, <laughs> exceeds the grasp a little bit, yeah. but that's also part of the charm. And also yeah. like that is Grindhouse. It is like that is the grindhouse mentality to a T is like we don't have the resources to do what we want to do and we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, that's a good point. And he has he's never had a gigantic budget to like make anything. So and he does say that, if you know, if there's going to be another one, he'd like to do another one. But it's up to Marvelous. Oh, and probably up to Nintendo. To, Not like Marvelous is putting out a bunch of other good stuff. No, it was part of me. It's like, what? Yeah. What else are they doing exactly? Like nothing, man. Pretty much. Okay, there you go. That's No More Heroes 3. Again, exclusive for Switch, out now for 60 Bones. Which brings us to 
Name that game. People look forward to this. I saw people who jumped into like the beginning of the thing. They're like, I hope I can make it to name that game. So <laughs> I think uh, mission accomplished as far as getting you guys engaged on it. And for those of you who don't know, it is basically a competition between you, chat, and Matt Kyle. And I give you a series of clues, and you need to guess the name of the game that I am hinting at. Um, I am leaving on Friday, so if one of you guys do beat Matt, you will definitely need to DM me ASAP, either on Twitter, at Dinfire, or you can find me on Sifted, at Shane, um, or you can just send me a message on our Patreon. Uh, Just find a way to reach out to me and give me your full name and address. You can win no matter where you live. We will ship them anywhere. We've already shipped um, stickers to Portugal. Um, I just shipped some to the U.S., and I got a message right before we started the show saying he just got them. Um, and that is what you get if you win. You get a, a six-pack of sifted stickers that you can stick to your heart's content. So generally how this works, and it's been all over the place since we tried to do this. There's been good episodes. There's been bad ones. Um, I'm hoping this is a good one. I've been learning as we go. Um, and how it works is the clues at first are very obscure, very obtuse. And then as we go, they get easier. Because the objective is, <laughs> I want one of you guys to get it. Somebody's already Bioshock guessing Bioshock 2. <laughs> <laughs> <Just like that. laughs> yeah, people are already guessing game names. Um, so hopefully I've gotten better at this. We'll see how it goes. Um, people had recommended that I bring up the, uh, the chat when we're doing this. Unfortunately, I still need to connect chat to the TriCaster. So just give me one second to bring you guys in. And we'll bring you guys up on the screen so if you haven't watched this before any ties go to the chat and um matt if he comes up with it i look over at chat i wait a couple beats because you guys are a bit of a delay i'll wait a couple beats to see if any of you guys answer it and if not then matt wins and nobody gets the stickers all right which has not happened yet it has not happened yet yep all right are you guys ready Here we go with Name That Game. Clue number one. Matt, are you ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. This game believes in love. Darkness. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> that was good, Kyle. That was really good, dude. That you got it from that. Yeah, I don't think anybody else would have got. Kyle not. Yeah, Damn, yeah. I can't believe you Music. got that from that cute, that clue. <laughs> That's it, people. Matt got it already. Well, here's a round of applause for Matt. <laughs> Well, at least I don't have to worry about sending anything. Yeah, no stickers out. for your trip. I yeah. saved you some time. <laughs> good job, Kyle. That was impressive, dude. Um, I really didn't think anyone would get that. Hmm. And for those of you who don't know, The Darkness is a rock group that does a song mm. called I Believe in a Thing Called Love. Yes. And that was enough for Matt to get the name of the I would have gotten it faster, except you said believes in love. And that first thing comes to mind when I say, hear that is Huey Lewis in the news. Right. And, and I knew that wasn't that. So I'm yeah. just like, what would that be? And then I thought about what you would like musically. And I thought you, I know you like the darkness. And then I'm like, all oh, right, there's a game called the darkness. Oh, that's it. Okay. It's, so, that, <laughs> that, so that's my thought process. That's what happens. If you play that back and watch uh, my face during that, that's what, that's exactly what I thought during that whole Playland thing. Playland saying it's rigged. I heard the paper flip. It wasn't. 
I protected the, I in, uh, the game. He didn't I in, cheat. No, I intentionally. Uh, <laughs> I don't cheat things. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I I prefer to to own things naturally. Well, you did own that one. That was impressive, Matt. But I, it is good to not throw the uh, year in there. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I can't believe you got it from that. This game believes in love. I mean, there could <laughs> it could have been anything, dude. Like nobody else got it. They. There was like 20 guesses and nobody even came close. So let's look at what some of the other guesses were. Kingdom Hearts, um, GX Gear says The Darkness, but way after you. Um, yeah, there was uh, people had already mentioned the song yeah. by the time that Sly came Sly Cooper, Jet Set Radio Future. Also, he may have been confused as to what it was. Because the, dar- the Darkness isn't exactly a huge right. franchise. Again, I tried to pick a, a more obscure game this time, and you're just too good. That's why I said it. I thought when we started this, no one would ever beat Matt at this, and some of you guys have. So it's impressive. But unfortunately, no stickers being doled out uh, this time. Um, we do have time for a Q&A before we wrap up the show and before I had my butt on out for vacation, which I am very, very excited about. Uh, just go at Sifted Games in chat. It'll make it easier for us to find your questions versus just all the people complaining that the game was rigged. <laughs> Shaniki says, Matt took a look when Shane was setting up. Nope. I was already set up when Matt got here. There was no cheating. He won legit. Trust me. I wouldn't, bother to, I wouldn't bother to do this if we were doing that. That's yeah. stupid. It is amazing, though, that you got it from that clue, I think. Um, all right. I mean, I like that band, too. Yeah. All right. Let's get to some Q&A. Uh, first up, from ETH Demon. Feels like games like Psychonauts 2, 8 to 12 hour games with no real replayability. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Like, you can go back if you want to collect all the stuff. You do need to go back into the world, into the brains, uh, and get the stuff that you didn't get the first time. I don't know if the draw or the payoff is worth it, but mm-hmm. you can do it. Um, can only exist in the modern market because of Game Pass, given how poorly it's sold based on the numbers we have. Your take on Game Pass creating a space for 8 to 12-hour games. Yeah. I think that's accurate. I think yeah. that's fair. It um, definitely helps. Yeah. It's um, a ni- it's a good safety net, I guess, well, for the it, developer. I don't know. I don't know how long the Microsoft is going to find it worth it. But. Well, think about it. If you're spending, you know, thirteen dollars a month for Game Pass or whatever, mm-hmm. and a game's eight to twelve hours, you don't care. Yeah, that's actually maybe too long. Yeah, because <laughs> there's other stuff maybe you want to try. Yeah. It's keeping you from playing the other games. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it, I think those games are kind of a. You know, a sweet spot for Game Pass, and I think they'll be more they'll be more easily and readily accepted on Game Pass than they would be if you're trying to charge sixty bucks. Um, I still think Psychonauts Two is worth sixty bucks if you're a PlayStation owner. Also, you know, this is the last Double Fine game you may ever play as a PlayStation owner, mm-hmm. um, and it is that creative and that inventive and that interesting. So I think it's worth the cash. Uh, but Ethan Demon does bring up a good point. I mean, Game Pass I think is just shifting perspectives in so many ways. And from so many different angles of what, I mean, it's it's still happening for me. Like, it's still sinking in, like, having Game Pass and what that means and how that's going to impact the market and how it impacts my play habits and all that kind of stuff. Like, I don't feel like I've still completely grasped, grasped it 100%, um, but it's a powerful tool that Microsoft has there. Um, and it is going to change perceptions and expectations and all that kind of stuff. It's disruptive. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So, yeah. Uh, All right. Let's get to another question, if there are more. EDH420, the the Blizzard controversy brings up a morale question, or a moral question, I think. Uh, Do you boycott their games, or do you still play the games and support the workers that are still there that had to go through all that BS? Well, 
I had a little bit of a moral quandary because I was producing a dossier for September. Um, and it's basically just a rundown of all the biggest and best games that are coming out for a given month. And Diablo 2 Resurrected is coming mm-hmm. out next month. And there was a moment of reflection where I sat there and I was like, do I want to put this in? Yeah. And I did because ultimately, at least personally, I feel like it's my job to have ed- airtight editorial. And I feel like if I did not include Diablo 2 in that feature, the feature would be dishonest because the feature is the games that you should buy in September as far as the game's quality. Diablo 2 is a great game. And if mm-hmm. I excluded it from the list, the list would be inaccurate. At least that's how I quantified it mm-hmm. to myself to include it in there. Um, somebody else may have taken a different approach on it, and I could totally appreciate that. Um, I'm very editorially focused and making sure that I'm giving you guys uh, the best information and the best ammunition before you have to spend your money. Um, and I know some people will see that Diablo 2 is in there and they'll say, I'm not buying it because of what's happened. And there will be other people that will be like, you know what? I really love Diablo 2 and I want to see what they changed about it for Resurrected. So it's a double-edged sword. I don't think there's any right mm-hmm. or wrong call yeah. on that stuff. Like My instinct is to not give them money. I have friends who work at Blizzard who have told me that they don't find that to be a constructive solution, that like all that does is hurt them or hurt the people that may, you know, Vicarious Visions didn't contribute to the Blizzard culture that caused this, and they're right. the ones who really have the, the most on the line for this. Like, I've been encouraged by a couple of my friends who do work there and have a couple of them have dealt with some shit. Um, there's like, no, like it's it's not, you know. The, the the solutions are in the hands of the state of California, you know, and the and the lawsuit and the and the consequences and like, you know, you're more so, you know, but it's like you know, it's I think Jim Sterling kind of got got to it when they're like, on one hand you don't get to play a great game and maybe you do support this and help the developers that worked hard on it, but also you're still sort of enriching Bobby Kotick, yeah, at the same time. So it's hard, you know, it and hard. I will say like. Was you know, doing our show today when everyone's trying to boycott right. Twitch and here we are streaming? Like that was right. a hard decision too. But and I will like, say, uh, like you know, I f- I feel like yeah, you got to make that decision for yourself. I do think that if you know if you decide not to buy Diablo two, uh, and someone else does, like, I don't think that makes that other person bad or they wrong. may not even know like, what happened. They might, but also you know, <laughs> I mean, but also even if you do, if, if you if you choose if you decide that playing a video game that you want to play, even if it's as simple as I want to play Diablo two, I love Diablo two, I want to play Diablo two, and you want you make that decision and you want to play a video game that you want to play, especially in these times of ridiculous, horrible things that we live with every day, like. I'm not going to judge you for that. I'm not going to say you're a bad person for that. I might even make that same decision when the time comes. I don't know. I love Diablo too. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I think. I think. And there's other ways you can. You can. You can do good. Donating uh, to beyond that. Donating and... cause. You know, like I feel like you know you're gonna. You know, you want to you want to match your your cost of that game with a donation to uh, you know a, a women's charity of some kind or something that try to work work works for workplace justice or. Or the Trevor Project, or something like that. Like I think that's that's great too. Like that's a you know kind of a carbon tax, like a carbon yeah. offset tax almost for like people being shitty to each other. <laughs> like I don't, you know, like I don't know. Like yeah. but, you know that's that's a laugh, that's a choice you got to make for yourself. I think. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, and you guys have to make that choice because I know a lot of you guys are gonna love uh, Diablo two, or you love Diablo two, and you want to play it. Uh, mm-hmm. And I don't. And it I, really looks like Vicarious did a great job on it. Yeah, and I won't like, judge you either way. Certainly, like, in c- contrast to what Warcraft Three turned into. Yeah, and I would say that probably 
70 to 80 percent of the people who are going to buy it have no idea what happened with probably Activision not. blizzard no. they just won't so. i i remain very curious if that blizzard logo will be all that prominent that's a i mean it's, it's Diablo. not it's, it's not on the on the the like the attract screen things because yeah. normally when you see diablo when you see like that blizzard logo is oh, right yeah. there on the chest of the uh-huh. demon guy yeah um it's not there it's crazy Yep. You guys got to do what you got to do. I'm not going to judge you on that one at all. Um, Derek D111, no real question. Just hope you, Shane, get some of the answers treatment you've been waiting for. Um, I actually have my knee surgery scheduled. So my appointment yesterday was to look at the MRI that they had taken. And as of right now, my knee surgery is scheduled for December 3rd. Mm. They're trying to... Our healthcare system is just complete and utter crap. Oh, it certainly is. Oh. You can't, until you go through stuff like this, you have no idea. Mm-hmm. Like, she's telling me some crap about, like, um, oh, well, uh, if you've hit your deductible, then you can go into this specialty program, which does all this other stuff, and then you can probably have your date a lot early. Because it's like December 3rd, what does that do for Christmas for me? Because I'm going to be right. kind of laid up. I have right. to go through rehab. Anyway. Did, they, did they say how, what, like how many weeks of that? They said, well, they said when they go in, as of what they think right now, they said like four weeks, but like they said, I'll be able to like walk around fine after a week. Mm-hmm. So, and then so would you be able, if like, if you want to go home, would I you be should able to- be okay. Provided, mm-hmm. but they said when they go in there, they can find other stuff and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. As of right now, I should be okay. But, but it'd be better to do it at the beginning of like November. Right. Yeah. To give myself a buffer zone. Yeah. So, and it's like in November, I'm going to be sitting around anyway, playing a ton of games. So, right. Like, but you know what? I gotta hit my deductible and my out of pocket max first, Matt, so I can get mm-hmm. an appointment. It's just and bonkers. how long did you wait for yesterday's appointment? Um, two months. Yeah, that's why I, I couldn't do the show yesterday. I had to wait two months to get that appointment yesterday. I had my MRI done two months ago, mm-hmm. and then just finally yesterday they looked at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pretty much my experience, similar <laughs> back in you know 2018 with my uh, my bladder surgery Crazy. thing, and they were like, "Oh, we this thing in you might be cancer." Uh, we'll look at it in four we'll months. Four months, yeah. And I was like, "What? Like, I, I, I came to you because I can't get through the day because it's painful." And yeah. like, so I went to, uh, I ended up going straight over to to Keck to USC and being and, and saying like, "Give me the best bladder person you got over there," and I'm I want to talk to them. And so they got me in that same day to her, yeah. and I said, "Can you figure this out for me?" And she did, and she had me in a week and a half later. Yeah, and like. A lot of people do not have the freedom and kind of the resources to do. And I, it wasn't it didn't cost me any more than it would have if I just waited for the normal thing. It was still in my insurance network and everything. Yeah. But like I had to go actually out and find someone who would help me. Uh-huh. Like no one was interested in doing that in a timely manner. It's so bad. I hope you guys never have to deal with it. It's that. ridiculous. I hope all you guys are from Europe. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, it's like t- I always say about like Breaking Bad. It's like Breaking Bad only works in this country. Because yeah, right. everywhere else he would have just gone, gotten, gotten yeah, treatment. He just got fixed. Yeah. He just <laughs> for free. It's crazy. Uh, Tiny2K, man. Thank you for all the subs that you're gifting, uh, our chat, our crew. Um, here's one from NJM Rain. Thank you for all the tier one subs you're giving people. Uh, Schneeky, Charlotte Schneek. Great news. I finally finished Bloodborne somehow. <laughs> somehow. Mm-hmm. Would you success- suggest me trying out Dark Souls or their Samurai game? Hmm. Um, I mean, Dark Souls is great. If you got through Bloodborne, you should have no problem getting through Dark Souls 1. Um, Sekiro, I mean, Sekiro is my favorite probably game that they've made, but Sekiro is the hardest one, I would say, because Sekiro is much, is very, is completely uh, skill-based, 
And unlike Dark Souls and Bloodborne, you cannot grind. You know, if you get stuck in one of those games, you can kind of grind and you'll gain, you know, gain souls or whatever, and you'll you'll level up slowly and eventually be kind of powerful to sort of sort of walk over whatever is giving you trouble. Mm-hmm. That's not how Sekiro works. There is no level up system in that regard. You never you you start with basically with you know with minor upgrade exceptions. You start with essentially what you have to work with. And so if you're stuck on a boss, you're going to have to get good or fail. Yeah. That's it. So Sekiro, I would say, is much harder in that regard because you have to get good enough to get through all of it. And yet uh, I got Dark Souls, in you Sekiro can... than I have in any of the other games. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is if you're better at Twitch games, at like fighting Twitch game stuff, um, then you're going to do better in Sekiro. That's why yeah. I like Sekiro because Sekiro reminds me of a fighting game to some degree because yeah. I have my tools I can use and I, it's, am I good enough? That's it. Yeah. Dark Souls is a little more involved. A little, a little more, more about jimmying with your yeah, build, playing with this, doing the build, doing that. Yeah. So I would say, uh, you know, if, if Dark Souls is much more like Bloodborne in terms of how that progression works. If you want a challenge, if you think you can handle the, the you know, the combat di- uh, difficulty and the, the hand-eye the, stuff. The, yeah. yeah, if you think and like, look, when you get that right, it is one of the most satisfying things I have ever experienced in a game. Beating one of those bosses without getting hit once and never letting them even get through my d- defense. Like I was very proud of me yeah. after that, awesome. and so I would. I definitely um, Sekiro has the highest highs for me of all the games that From has made in that kind of in 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 you know unofficial series because it is kind of a Soulsy game. Uh, yeah. But if you want something more along the lines of how Bloodborne works, uh, Dark Souls is much more like that. Also, they're both amazing games, and you can't go wrong. Frankly, yep. absolutely. Uh, next up, Paid by Death. Haven't seen you in here. Hope you're enjoying the show. Um, or maybe you're just a lurker and you usually don't ask questions, but welcome to Game Face. Uh, is Microsoft charging full price for Halo Infinite campaign, even with co-op stripped for the first few months and multiplayer being free to play? I've not heard anyone speak on the price. Why? Because you don't have to buy it. <laughs> it says Game Pass. Yeah, it's Game Pass. Um, I'm sure there will be a price. Yeah, I mean, you'll be kind, able to buy it. But You why? should just get Game Pass. Yeah, just and... get you just get Game Pass for a month. Yeah. You pay the $13 and you get Halo for $13. That it's I know, it's hard to comprehend. Like I said earlier, I still struggle to wrap my head around everything related mm-hmm. to Game Pass. I just do. And I think a lot of people are that way. It's very easy to just be like, "Wait a minute, I don't have to pay 60 bucks for that." Nope. <laughs> We're like yeah, it's just that bit like, "Well, it's the catch." It's like, yeah. "Okay, so it's like, no, it's like what it what do you want from me? Yeah, what are you going to do? It's, 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 <laughs> the catch is $13 a month. That's yeah. it. Yeah, so don't even worry about the price. It's $13 for the month. And if you want to keep playing it after that, pay another $13. Yeah, 13 bucks isn't nothing, but it's just like, you know what I got for 13 bucks this month? Psychonauts. Yep. Cool. Yep. And a bunch of other stuff. I got Chris Tales and Ender Lilies and... Uh, There's tons. A bunch of stuff. Yeah. More than I could play, frankly. Yeah. And in the next couple of months, you're going to get Forza Horizon 5. Forza, and, yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing. So you finish Halo, Forza's there. Yeah. Just jump to Forza, and then it's it's amazing. Um, I don't know how to pronounce this. Fo, Foi, I think maybe. F O A I E. How would you pronounce that? I don't know. Foi. 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 Uh, what game will you play on vacation? Um, the only game I will play on vacation is probably something on my Switch. The Switch is the only thing that I take on vacation with me. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, I'm gone for 10 days, but literally, I haven't been home for, like, two years. So I have – I am booked. Like, it's either spend it doing something with my mom or with one of my nieces and nephews or my sister or an old group of friends. I have two fantasy football drafts I'm doing while I'm home with old friends, uh, one group from my hometown of Carlisle, PA, uh, another group of people from Philadelphia. I went to college at Temple with that crew of people. 
Um, even though it's supposed to be vacation, I'm going to end up driving probably like a thousand miles when it's all said and done. Uh, but it'll be just good, honestly, to just kind of disconnect for a little bit because I have been grinding. This week has been a nightmare, Matt. Hmm. I am trying to. So here's the thing. I'm going to be gone. But there's going to be content going through the site and our Patreon while I'm gone. The only thing that's not going to be appearing is Game Face. Uh, there's going to be just as many episodes of Pactor Factor. Um, Vincent and I have been working on Game Pass or Fail for the next two weeks. And I've had to do all the work for the normal week while also getting the work done for the next 10 days. It has been a disaster. I thought my head was going to explode yesterday. I'm not even exaggerating. Um, but anyway, I'm trying to get all this stuff done. It's been crazy. I need to disconnect uh, when I get out of here. So will I be playing a lot of games? Probably not. Um, I'll have my Switch. And a lot of times I'll just go back and play games on Switch that I haven't finished yet. Um, and that's probably So that's probably what I'll be playing while I'm gone. Um, last one from Ed Rock The Truth. Uh, do, you have to be, do you have a hard time switching between different games, especially ones with unique control schemes? For example, I made sure to beat Last of Us 2 before I play Ghost of Tsushima. I have a hard time getting to DLC since I have to relearn certain control schemes. I have said this before. People always think that game journalists should be like esports level at playing games. We're not. Most aren't. What I am good at is picking up a control scheme like that. So I can go to E3 and I can go dot 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 around a convention and they'll try to tell you how to I learn it just mm-hmm. like that. So I can learn control schemes really quickly and play a game for like 10 seconds and be able to play it like I know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Am I a god at games? No. Like, there's some games I'm really good at. There's some games I'm really crappy at, um, like most people. Um, but I can learn a control scheme really yeah. quickly. What Although, about you? Oh, yeah, for sure. And, like, you know, I have had a couple of experiences at, like, E3 and stuff where, like, I remember going up to, or maybe it was more like PAX, but I remember it was two games, Skullgirls. I remember I went up to, and the guy, I can't remember the guy who was, like, the director of that. He was there giving demos of it. Mm-hmm. And he's and he's like he's trying to starting to explain to me how they, I'm, like, I'm like oh yeah like MVC too and he's like oh thank God <laughs> like, you know what you know what a fighting game is the other time was um, what was that one with uh, the zombie game on the Wii U like the launch game zombie was zombie, it zombie U. U was it yeah. zombie U Z O M B I so U. I was yeah I was in the Nintendo booth um, like playing a demo of that with you know it was because multiplayer you had a bunch of people like kind of all lined up to play the thing da, 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 and like. The girl came over to like service and she's like, "Okay, this is that." She like, "Do you do you know like analog how, how like analog sticks and that's like work and like triggers and stuff work?" And I'm like, "I go yeah." And she like, she puts her hand on my shoulder and just goes, "Thank you," <laughs> <laughs> and just like moves on to the next person. And like, no, for sure. Like I, I I yes, I definitely pick up control schemes very quickly. Um, as long as the the Y axis is inverted on the camera, I yeah. am entirely fine with everything. Um, but I sometimes there's things that stuck in my head. Like so, I've played a lot of um. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Saints Row and stuff in the last few weeks, uh, and uh, in Saints Row you get in and out of vehicles with Y, with the you know the top button. And then I switched to Ghost of Tsushima, uh, <laughs> and in Ghost of Tsushima you get on and off the ho- mix up. you yeah. get on and off the horse with R two. Yep. Uh, at well, the Y button or the triangle button on the. De- is hard slash. I have cut the legs <laughs> off my fucking horse so many times in that game because I oh, can't man. remember that that is not what get on vehicle <laughs> is anymore. That's so yeah, crazy. sometimes I do have a hard time re you know readjusting back. Um, and DLC is an issue for that. Yeah, you know, I, I I get that. But like normally, yes, I pick, I can pick up a control scheme very quickly. Yeah. Um, remembering how to master it, no. Like yeah. I I will definitely forget over the course of like a year. Like Ghost of Tsushima, like 
you know how these things work and when the little nuance oh this move works with this and yeah. you beat this guy with this guy's like so but i pick it up again yeah um but yeah I, I get that sometimes you get locked into how one button does one thing in a certain game or a couple of games and you run into one game that does it completely different and you're like but why like why does that have to be different in your game yeah. and like and i don't really have an answer to that there is no answer to it yeah. like i would be totally fine if like they standardize like X always opens stuff. Right. Like, or some no games where it's just like, it. where it's like A opens stuff. Right. Unless always it's this the kind of, con- button unless of it's diamond. this kind of container, in which case you hold Y. Right. And you're like, <laughs> fuck yeah. you. Like, it's just like, what? Yeah. I'm just being weird now. Yeah. All right. That's it for Game Face episode 270. And that sends my ass out on vacation, which mm. makes me very, very happy. It has been a grind getting to this day, trying to get all the stuff done for you guys. So not content. even MTV's the grind. Yeah, not that kind. <laughs> uh, if you're listening to the audio version of this show, we need your support. We need everyone's support. Um, we are supported 100% by donations on our Patreon at patreon.com slash sifted. Um, and that's S-I-F-T-D without the E. Um, if you're enjoying the show and you want to see it keep going, that's how it's going to happen. You got to go to our Patreon. You got to pledge. You can pledge a dollar if you just want to kick in. If you pledge $4 a month, you get all our content early. And if you're watching the show for free on YouTube or anywhere else or just listening to it on any of the many podcast services, um, you can head down into the description on YouTube and it'll show you how to uh, hook us up with Twitch Prime. You can give us a free $2.50 every month for that. And you know what? You can do that even if you are a patron or a subscriber already. It's just extra money for us that we desperately need. Um, Matt, what are you going to do for the next two weeks with no game face? Um, the same thing you would do if there were a game face. Same thing I do every night, Pinky. <laughs> Try to take over the world. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll play some stuff. I won't. I don't know. All right. I, I I take it as it comes at this point. <laughs> uh, I am looking forward to Tales of Arise. I'm interested to see what that turns into, but yep. I'm, not, I'm not sure what I'm interested in this week. Okay. Well, as I said at the top of the show, um, I'll be back on the 13th, which is a Monday, and then the show is probably not going to happen that Tuesday, but just make sure you follow Sifted on Twitter, at Sifted Games. And uh, we'll be sure to alert everybody when the next episode of Game Face is happening. Uh, while you're at it, you might as well follow me. I'm at Dimfire on Twitter. And you should definitely follow Matt. He is at MKyle. That's M-K-E-I-L. So, man, it's going to feel really good to say this. <laughs> Game Face is up and out. Game Face.